Welcome to Herps Conroe. This is our first interview of the weekend. It's I'm been a busy day. So tired. <laughs> it's been a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of people here. <sighs> it's it's a ton. Robert's you can probably hear the background in the lobby here. It's pretty loud. Yeah, it's pretty loud. So it is, and obviously not when you listen to this, but it is almost two thirty here on Saturday, and this is the first time that I have gotten a break other than to go to the bathroom. Wow. I didn't even get a break to eat. Sucks for you. I know. Uh, I've sold three snakes. I think the fact Robert has sold like two of two them. Two of them, yeah. I sold one. Rob, they have done better with me not at the table. Yes. That means Joe's birthday party's paid for. It has worked far better for Robert <laughs> just to go, hey, come finish this. Yep. And then I just come and get the money. So are you selling his stuff for him? Is that working out for him? Nope. <gasps> James. It's not my fault. Oh. I've tried. No, you've, you've, okay, you haven't done great. No. You've done, been... you've done all right. The yeah, it could be a lot better. Over. Can you turn my headphones up a little bit? I can. Your headphones get cranked way up. Can you hear me now? There we go. Oh, Lord. Yours didn't get cranked. Turn hers yeah. up? Yeah, they did. Did I turn yours up? Yeah. Oh, I turned hers Fix up. hers. <laughs> That's what it was. Oh, so hold on. Where's Robert? This is a fun game of who's touching what. Here we Yellow. go. There, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Better. Much better. So it must have been like a placebo the first time because it sounded like it got louder, <laughs> but it didn't. You could probably hear it from mine. Yeah. <laughs> you, are yours too loud now? No, they're good. Oh, okay. They're fine. Uh, so... It's, it's only Saturday. It's been raining and kind of chilly. So we'll see how tomorrow. I think it's supposed to rain tomorrow, though, too. Way worse tomorrow. Oh, yeah. The weather's supposed to get real bad tomorrow. Awesome. Awesome. Soft. So it's I'm hoping great. everybody will come out before the rain gets bad. Uh, so, yeah, this this episode will come out at some point in the next two months. But uh, uh, we'll do it. Since the first episode, first recording, we'll do our sponsors real quick. Katie, you want to do it? If you are looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit lsreptilracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks today. I could totally make that one of the bu- the buttons on this board, but it would be it's far more fun to make you have to do that. That's the first time I've never used my phone in my script. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Uh, I'm super excited about that. Also, <laughs> Good, job. Good job. Also, a shout out to Herb Reptile Shows. Again, I, this, I don't know when this is coming out, so I can't tell you what shows are coming up. But that's fine. By now, you've listened. To, if you listen every week, you know what shows are coming up next. And if you were at Conroe, you know how crazy it's been. It's nice seeing a bunch of people in here. I know uh, Sean got like billboards. Was that billboards mm-hmm. around town? Robert, you said that people said they saw the billboards when you went to go eat breakfast. Yeah, morning. the Waffle House waitress and some guys sitting in there like, yeah, we've been seeing the billboards for a couple weeks. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. So go ahead and introduce our guest, James. Okay, so our guest is Tammy Landry from Undertaker's Vault, and she she kills things. She I does do not, not kill things. Uh, <laughs> I've walked by her table, and there's nothing alive there. But she doesn't do it herself. But the problem is, see, you guys sell animals, live animals that you have to feed. If yeah. you come to my table, no, if I sell them, I don't have to feed them. Everything. <laughs> You have, to feed them, to feed them. you have to feed them before you sell them. Yes. They have to that stay alive while Allegedly. you possess them. <laughs> no, but you don't have to feed anything from my table. It's pretty cool. That's it true. is cool looking. Although, in all honesty, she's actually the smartest one here. <laughs> probably. She 100% probably, I can vouch for that. Way more shit than the rest of us do. Uh, Not every time. Don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> when someone walks into a reptile show and they know they can't buy an animal, so they're not going to buy a cage because they they're not buying an animal for it. They can still buy a, a bird skeleton in a box 
or or an articulated animal or or, or an awesome snake skin. Pretty, she has some pretty she's got some skin. We're gonna go through some of the things at your table because there's some really awesome things at your table. But it, that's one of those things where I got a show. It's way easier for someone coming to a show that doesn't plan on buying something to buy something off your table. Yes, it can be if they want, you know, to spend their money on art rather than something they have to take care of forever. I love that sure. you call it art. It is art. Because what else, it is. <laughs> what else they want to spend their money on? Dead stuff. But That's right. It's, dead things are freaking great. It is. It and is. it's unique and it is 100% a conversation starter. Yes. It is. It's So there are several people that sell dead specimens at the reptile shows. But yours is different. A lot of people sell like a wet specimen, like a and, and some of them we've talked about. You know, our friend Maria does those. Um, oh shit, what's that? The the cat in the jar, but it's all the purple stuff and it's see through. A diaphanized specimen. Yeah. Yeah. she does those, and those are cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they have a lot of other stuff. But you have like uh, like some like those decorated like wall hanging things. Correct. That are yes. They've got stuff on them. I, I try to display the things that I build and create, so everyone else can display them well in their home, rather than just trying to find a spot to stick it. Like some of the deer ones would be neat, like for a hunter, like like Robert. If you had like an extra skull laying around, some of the things I got she a does bunch with, of them. Yeah, <laughs> some of the things that she does would be a cool way to display some of your deer, your deer skulls, because mm-hmm. uh, they're painted. And there's a whole like the antlers. It's, it's a really neat look to them. I like mm-hmm. them. Um, and then you've got the birds, like in the little like uh, lanterns. lanterns. Uh-huh. Cool. Yeah. I, like I said earlier, I, I always think bird skeletons look freaking weird. And they don't. If you if you display them well, they don't no, look weird. I'm not saying I'm not saying the way yours looks weird. I, I'm saying every You're bird saying the on skeleton Earth, in general. Every yeah, bird he, on Earth has a we, on Earth has a weird skeleton. He said he doesn't feel like they have enough bones they to display. They don't have enough bones. I think people are always amazed when they see. Like I showed a kid a skeleton of a penguin the other day. Oh. Blew his mind. Blew his mind. <laughs> They're like, do penguins have knees? I'm like, yeah, they have knees. Well, they can't walk right. I was like, well, they walk right for a penguin. They know. waddle. I mean, well. I showed them a well, picture of a penguin. They were like, why does it look like that? I'm like, because that's a skeleton. I don't know what you want it to look like. What more but, do they want? But he was very The little guy's so cute when he's alive. I mean, what do they want? I know. They're so precious. So what else do you have of it? You got the, the so we were looking at the snake skins earlier. A lot of times you mm-hmm. see people that preserve snake skins. When I say preserve, mm-hmm. they dry it out. Right? Yes. They, it's a dry, they tan. crinkly it's, snake skin. It's called a dry tan most of the time when they do that. The way that we normally try to preserve our craft grade is to do it with a glycerin alcohol mix, and it makes it pliable and reusable. And they, if they do eventually start to dry out after years and years, you can always reapply glycerin and, you know, moisturize them again, and all the scales will set right back into place. It almost feels rubbery. Uh-huh. It feels just like, basically like the snake when it's alive, but just a little, little bit less of a stiffness to it. So is it more of a... Is it more of a, like, considered to be, like, a skin? Is it considered to be no, a hide? Or is it, like, a, a leather skin. almost? No, when you tan it, it's like le- it's leather. Once you okay. tan it, it's leather. Gotcha. Um, the way I do it, it's just the skin itself. And, like I said, it's preserved like a, it's, it's more of a wet preserve than a dry preserve. Gotcha. So if someone were to have a pet that they decided, hey, I want to do something special with it after it passes. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you do? Yes, absolutely. I I have done several for um, Herb's Vendors here. And um, we, we do anything from a wet specimen preservation for them. We can actually, um, we partner with someone who does diaphanization. So if that's something they're interested in, we can always get our partner to do that for them. Or we can do a full articulation with it. Or, you know, if they want something special, 
We do full pet memorials where we'll um, take microchips out and keep those and preserve the little paws and, you know, all wow. the different sweet little things that people like when they really love their animals. So it's what, like I mean, that's the stuff the vet did for us when Toby passed what's away. The biggest, what's the biggest animal someone's wanted you to do stuff for? <laughs> well, actually, believe it or not, um, I can't disclose where this place is, but I have a wildlife preserve that has entrusted me with one of their sloths that I'm working on right now presently. The teeth in a sloth are fucking horrifying. <laughs> they, they are not. They are horrifying. I, I hand-fed one once. I don't, I, want, at, I don't want to get bit by one, per well, se, well, but they're not horrifying. I worked at a zoo, and the sloth wasn't normally in my area, but one day I had to take care of it. And, and I knew you could hand-feed it. We'd set up in a box, you'd hand it like sweet potatoes and stuff. Because mm-hmm. they're vegetarians. Right. And so I reach up and hand it a, a sweet potato, and it opens its mouth. I'm like, what the fuck? Those are not vegetarians. <laughs> oh, Naked and afraid, they what? killed that one and it stabbed the dude with his freaking big finger. Yeah. Oh my wow. god! They have canines yeah. that will. I mean, they're insane. Their claws, their claws are huge, and their teeth are pretty, pretty large. That has got to be a dumb-looking skeleton. Believe it or not, they look pretty awesome. Do they? they really I was going to say my phone's over arms. there, but I'm going to have to Google a the way, skeleton. The way that we normally do it. Well, this is my second one. So, the first one. I had a branch that I used chains to suspend from the ceiling, and on that from that branch, I had it hanging upside down. Oh, that was awesome! With the head, with the head posed outward. That'd be cool. So, yeah, it was pretty neat. I saw a picture the other day of a sloth. It was a mother sloth with a baby on her stomach. She had her feet wrapped around the tree, and then she was like laying back, just out in the air, like she, like she had the best abs on earth. <laughs> she, pro- she probably does just from hanging no like that all the time. Just taking a nap, hanging out from the tree. Mm-hmm. But a sloth would be cool. Like I said, those teeth are, I, I think people don't understand how scary those teeth are. They yeah. also don't, I think people also don't realize that at one point there was a sloth that stood like 15 feet tall and we had giant sloths on North America and that would have been horrifying. It was like before the Ice Age though, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I've, it was a giant sloth. I've gotten several different requests. I've gotten a four-eyed possum before. A four-eyed possum? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's Is it just a, a possum with glasses on? No, no, no. It's like an the, extra intelligent they possum? Do not, they do not have more than two regular eyeballs, but they're called a four-eyed possum because there's markings right above their eyes themselves that make it look like they have four eyes. Gotcha. So it's just a different breed, um, different species. Um, That's cool. I've gotten snakes from every type of... I mean, every type of tape, snake you can think of, just about people have asked me to articulate or do. I wish I would have known back when my rainbow boa died. I would have loved to have gotten his skin done like that. I've, um, I've do actually... Do we not still have him? No. When we moved, he, uh, he thawed out in the move. Oh. I've done my, now monitor lizards for people. Um, I actually have sugar gliders that are in line after my sloth to work on for people here. Um, I've, I've just got, I've got tons of different things that I do work on. So pet memorials are definitely something that we work on. So if you lose a pet, we can help. So what's, so the a sloth obviously is a fairly decent sized animal. What's the smallest animal you've ever done anything with? Mmm, the smallest. I you would have, have like to. If my pet termite dies. Can no, you? sir. No, I think we're just going to throw him in a jar and you're going to keep him. Oh. Um, <laughs> poor, let's see. Poor Woody. Yeah, poor Woody. Woody termite. <laughs> <laughs> well, they um, Blake had Bartholomew. Baby, um, suspended. I mean, a sugar glider is fairly small. You know what? A mole. Oh, like someone's mole off their full, body. That's no, small. James no, Lewis. No, a full mole skeleton. That's probably the smallest thing that I've done. Wow. So far. Yeah. That's that's a weird one. Yeah. 
Like, was it a, it wasn't a pet? Was it someone just killed a mole and they're like, hey, let's do this? No, it was somebody's pet. They had a pet mole. Yeah. What a horrible pet. Yeah. I mean, people have cockroaches for pets. I thought so too. So. Yeah, but like the mole literally. What is he doing? They're shaking their ass on the window. Oh my lord. Yay. This is what happens at herp shows, y'all. Yeah. Just never know. Y'all are missing out. Y'all need to come. So, I'm trying to think. So, y'all are also the ones I think that are y'all the ones that JT and Callie got that giant fucking what was it a bobcat or a yes cougar? a soft mount bobcat yes I, that was in that was in like Slidell. I remember them I getting walked, that I walked around with it through the show with it positioned on my shoulder like it was actually alive. that thing creeped people, me out people literally almost threw themselves on others tables when I was passing because they thought it was real it scared me the first time I saw and it and it was the funniest it was the funniest shit because some people were like oh my god can I pet it and then they realized about five seconds later oh shit the thing's dead <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was pretty cool my oh daughter my walked around with it she scared the shit out of some people it was great so you're in Louisiana how many times do you do alligators oh man I, I'm actually a license retailer and dealer for, for gators in Louisiana. So. you can't just like grab, grab one off the side of the room no, and it's dead. No, like, no, no, no. Also, you cannot do that. Did um, anybody notice how thick her accent got when you mentioned that she was from Louisiana? Well, just going to throw that out there. It got a lot heavier. Her last name is Landry, which is super Louisiana. And then yeah, that's her, like Smith. And then, and then her name before that was, was Thibodeau? Yes. Yeah, oh, so yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I love it. Yes. So, um, yeah, no damn jokes either. I don't want to hear a Boudreaux Thibodeau joke, so don't even <laughs> freaking think about she it. Is, she is ultra So do you, ass. like, bleed rue? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. There's not a damn thing in this world it's, that I can't cook southern. So, that's I right. Always find, I always find it funny when I talk to someone from the north and I use the phrase coon ass, and they look at me like I said something racist, like, well, no, 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 <laughs> no. It's a term not, of endearment. Is, what are you they, talking that's about? That's right. They, they, it's a group of people, and they make really good food. That's yeah. right. That's me. <laughs> that's me right here. Look. It's like picture and a red, I can picture vouch a redneck, but you can't understand too. what that redneck is saying. I got the I got the badge for the the southern coonass cooking for sure. I had so I ate so many crab that day oh, the, that my fingers hurt for like a week. <laughs> oh yeah, when she cooked all that <laughs> at the Airbnb. Oh, and I took yeah. a whole ice chest home with me. I remember. And to your mom, huh? yeah, to like, your mom. Oh, it was awesome. I don't think there's a, <laughs> another group on earth that was willing to eat anything more than a coonass will. No. I mean, think it's about it. It tastes good, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not eating Nutria. Oh, my, my good, my what good friend. What you not gonna eat? Nutria. Bullshit! I could make it. I guarantee you'd eat that shit. No, I'm not eating it. I'm I you promise you, you you'd eat it, that. I, I, I could make it. I could make it and wouldn't tell you what it oh, was. God. You try it, and I guarantee you'd be like, oh, "Damn, this is some good shit." I don't trust food from a coon. I have a good friend who grew lies up. and garbage. That's <laughs> who, lies and garbage. Who grew up in Iowa? And, yeah, don't uh, say Iowa. But on the south side, I Tim. Yeah. And he's the one who introduced me. He's like, I can make a sauce with anything. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. He made Nutria, Pigeon, uh, I'm mm. sorry, Pigeon. Pigeon? Um, uh, Some Pigeon? What else? He's made, I'm like, they call that squab in the fancy restaurant. I, I guarantee <laughs> um, you I've eaten all kinds of stuff because when I was little, my parents would tell me it was chicken and I'd be like, okay. And oh, yeah. Eat absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, my favorite place to stop is when I go back towards Louisiana that I'm out of there is stopping at Billy's on the way through and getting some boudin. Some, some boudin balls? All boudin balls are amazing. And guess What did we get last time that was You know amazing? what I got? I stopped at Best Stop on my way here and got um got a pepper jack boudin ball. He made fun of me the whole the whole time. He's like, you had to get the damn greasy greasy. Oh, uh, yes, I did. I had amazing. to have it. It was great. So, so you're a we got pistol. We got crawfish pistolets crawfish last pistolets. time. That's yeah, that's amazing. That's some good stuff. So you're, you're a best, again, you're a best stop person or over no, Billy's? No, no, no. I love Billy's too. Oh, I okay. stop at Billy's too all the time. So I mean, I'm 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 equally cool ass with the both of well, them. Well, you know they're opening a best stop right here in Katy, Katy, yeah. Texas, right here by 
20 minutes from here. Yeah, I mean, well, that's great. I mean, I've yeah. become a Best Stop fan. I'm a Billy's fan first. but Well, I can uh, tell you that, look, it, it it depends upon what you're looking for, but for both, whichever one is the closest to the side of the interstate, that's where I'm stopping. Yep. I'm going to tell you, there's not a state, I, I can guarantee out of the 50 states in the country, there's not a state where the food in the gas station is better than the restaurant. Except for Louisiana. Like, and Texas. Yeah. Texas has pretty good Texas food. Texas has some pretty good food. But it's Mexican food, food usually. Uh, yeah. That's tacos. Like, yeah. it's, you're going to get tacos in a gas station. But, like, yeah. you go into a, a Louisiana gas station and that, get, like, a full plate. Like, absolutely. Well, there, there's absolutely. a gas station across from the venue in West we go that I walked in there one morning just to get a drink, and I'm like, fuck, I'm getting breakfast here, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know the one you're talking about. There's, there's one like, right across from Malaria. Yep. That's the, um, there's, like, 30, 30 oh, construction yeah. workers in line to get breakfast. Of yes. Go to Pochet's. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the damn place. Pochet's on the other side of Lafayette. You walk in, they have a lunch counter, and then they also have a meat market. Like, yeah, it's done. He stops over there all the time to get Chinese food. Um, yeah, they had Chinese food, oh, they had everything. It's they good, all, man. They have all sorts of stuff. Breakfast is great over there, too. Yeah, I was like, can I get bacon and eggs and mm-hmm. hash browns? Yeah. 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 If you're driving through Louisiana, pick a gas station. But don't pick, like, the nice, bright-colored gas station. No. Go to the one that looks the most run down. You have, like, a 50-50 shot of coming out alive. Yeah, but no, the food, but the food mean, will be good. Honestly, you can take a look at it, and if it looks really good, it probably tastes just as good as it looks. If no, it he looks shiny like, no, no, no. in there. He's, no, he's no, not no, talking about me, the food. He's talking about the gas I mean, station. Oh, yeah, the gas station. Don't go you know, to, like, no. a nice, shiny, brand-new shell. No. That is not no. going to be good. That's not going to be it. someone stop or mall malls yeah. or whatever. It's got to be, like, in the pores of the wall for all the flavoring. Yep. It only tastes that good because it drips into it from the ceiling. Yeah, if there's not a vent hood on the roof, they'll just keep going. Yeah. Absolutely, you got that right. Best got that and right. yet again, the Reptile Gumbo podcast has switched back to food. It's fitting, yep. though. We're the Reptile Gumbo podcast, and we're we talking are. to somebody from Louisiana. And we're talking about, so that makes sense. You, you want to hear something funny about going back to the Nutria thing? <laughs> I was duck hunting probably two and a half weeks ago, and we hadn't seen any Nutria in a while since the last hurricane came through. That's a good thing. And I got a bunch one, actually, one actually went across, and he got coup de grace real quick. <laughs> and after that happened... <laughs> My cousin was sitting on the porch by the camp, and he seen us pull up with the mud boat, and he's like, is that what I think it is? I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, I see the ducks, but is that a neutral? I said, yeah. He said, oh, my God, can I have it? What do you want to do with it? He said, I'm going to eat it. (laughs) And I'd be goddamn, I'd be goddamn if he didn't have that thing cleaned and ready to go for the pot within less than 10 minutes. He was on it like, I can't even tell you. It was crazy. And that's, and that's the definition of a coon ass. And that is, that, that is the definition of a coon ass right there. they get excited at seeing a nutrient. By the way, anybody that doesn't know what a nutrient, a picture a rat with webbed feet. Yes. It, it's a it's giant. But, basically a beaver with no beaver tail. But Kinda. Yeah. the thing about that is that they're very lean. If you eat yeah. deer meat, Nutria is even comparable to deer meat. It, it comes like to lean. Be They're being lean. It is. And it's it's not, a real red meat. It's, it's not. It's not greasy. It's not at all. very lean. Has anyone here ever eaten dog? I just imagine dog is great. No, no, but I can tell you this: one I've of those horse. one of those questionable restaurants in Louisiana that we had that was Asian. It um it turned out to be that we were eating cats for quite a while. We didn't what? realize it. They closed them down. Go so that it. yeah, I, that, I don't like. I've cats. actually had that not not knowingly, but kill, <laughs> kill as many cats as you want. I've always wanted to try horse. People eat cat. Well, we. It's very rich. Oh, I've used it. We've used it for like alligator feeding yeah. at the zoo good. before. Like it looks no like one of the it. best steaks you've ever seen. Oh, but that's a pet animal, know. so we're not allowed. See, and I didn't yeah. even know what it was. I just saw it and I was like, "That looks like it would it's be the best amazing." Steak. And then they told me what it was, and I was like, "Huh? Who would have thought?" Yeah. Do Who knows? people eat coyote? Uh, uh, so Steve Renella from Meat Eater, they cooked a coyote in Mexico that they killed, and he did it like over an open fire, and he's like. 
It was edible, but I'll probably never do it again. See, that's what I imagine dog would be like. Now, like oh. Bobcat and Mountain Lion is really good. It's it? like, uh, it reminds, like Mountain Lion, I got some from a friend of mine um, that had been killed in New Mexico, and it reminded me of pork tenderloin. Nice. Like that real white, kind of stringy, you know, it comes yeah. off in strands when you slow cook it. So do you just have to have it a was, permit to kill this kind of stuff? You get a, uh, in Texas, you just have to have a hunting license. Yeah, you, oh, have, really? you oh. have to have hunting licenses and, you know. Some states, it's a stamp, though, isn't it, for yeah. some things. it's a Yeah, some stamp. states have have limited their draw, some yeah. have. Yeah, some places you can't just go out and right. so the do things that sort that, of thing. So the things you sell on your table, are they things that, like, you guys have collected or people have just given you and said here I don't need this if anymore if it's something that is not able to be sourced locally for us we do um, have connections in Indonesia we have them in Poland we have them in Vietnam that's cool I mean all over all over the country actually the skull community that I call it is is a very gracious great community to be in and the people are very very kind and they will go out of their way to help you out if you need something and you're looking for something or you know just that's cool. that sort of thing, and Look, you know, a, Joe, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of people actually do give us things that they hunt, and you know, stuff that we can't obtain, you know, locally. But so, for the most part, ninety percent of the stuff that we have is local. That's cool. What permits do you have to be able to? Because I know certain things you can't even have like a feather or fur or whatever. Because what, what yeah, things do you sell that you have that permit for? There's just there's just so many things that we can't mess with, and those things that we can't mess with, I just don't even try most most of the time. If it's legal for us to be able to sell it, it's on my table. If it's not, then it's not going to be there. How often do you do gar? That would be a really cool one. Gar Actually, believe it or not, we harvest gar ourselves because, like I said, I have a camp on the water. Um, and uh, throughout the season, when we're able to get them and they're, you know, they're out, we, we do them ourselves. Anything like that, drumfish, gar, you know, alligators, whatnot, whatever we... These alligator gar skulls you know. are amazing. Mm-hmm. And we've had several on the table here recently that we, you know, harvest ourselves. Because, of course, the, the meat from that, you make garfish balls and See, all that kind of Oh, they're thing. so good. That is amazing. Have you ever eaten those, James? No. I'll tell good. you what. You take that, you, you, run that through a, you run that through a processor, and you come back, and you, you put crab meat in that sucker, and you roll it in the so dough. For, so for folks that don't, don't know. So, so good. So gar, you can't. They're a very bony fish. So it's not like you're getting a fish fillet off of a gar, right? You can't really fillet it like I mean, you would. Okay, okay. Have you ever physically watched one of those get cleaned? I was about to say, I if it's no, but I know they're very bony on the inside. Not, not, not particularly. I mean, not versus like a catfish. No, no. I think you're gonna get more bones out of a catfish yeah. than you would that. Yeah. That big with the gar is getting through the scales. That's just it. You need you need to have a machete to go through the backside of the scales. And when you when you trim it out, you trim it out in this big, long. It looks like a big alligator tail on the inside. Yeah. Huh. And when, once you get it out, you take and you just you slice it up or you run it through a machine. But the thing about that is it's a very wet meat. It's different. You gotta, you gotta process it almost immediately because you can't just let that sit. Like if you take a, you know, slight, uh, a fillet of a fish, you can actually lay that down, do whatever you gotta do with this. You gotta use it right away. You gotta do something with Is it. That like I know like bow- and it's not good frozen. I know like bowfin. Mm-hmm. You have to like bleed out bowfin right away before you can eat them. I've never had that. You've never eaten a bowfin? No. Or, or so, a, a chupic? A chupic, no. So I had to learn all the new names when I first lose Louisiana. Mm-hmm. People were no. like Shoepick. I was like, I don't know. And I was like, a bowfin. Okay, I know what that is. Or like, um, why, did, why did my brain just go bag of milk? Why did I just uh, white perch, crappie? What is it called? Sakale. Yeah, sakale. Yes. That was a new word I had to learn when I, when I moved to Louisiana because mm-hmm. I'd never called it that. So yesterday, I my mom and I went to a quilting show, and one of the vendors there does or 
I guess, turns them into leather, but it's fish skin. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done that before? No. So she was like telling me this whole process because apparently the fish skin, once it becomes leather, is so much better to work with than like reptile skin or things like that because it's, it's I guess it's thicker. Bulletproof vest out of garbage. But where, where she are they from? It in, uh, were, they, were they Hispanic? No. If they were. They, I know they lived up north, but they vacate like they winter in Texas now. Hmm. And it, but it was like an Icelandic, like thing. Were they blonde? No, They're they like both had gray hair. They were so they could have been older. <laughs> but anyways, I'll I'll find it and I'll show you. But it was really cool to see how she had like incorporated the leather into mm -hmm. like bags or. They had wallets. I imagine big alligator gar scales and skin. Well, the reason Let me tell you, we've tried to work with alligator gar before on the scale end of it. It is not easy. That's what this it guy is was like, saying. It's like a shield. Mm -hmm. yeah. You literally can make some armor with that shit and like bring it to the Vikings because it's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. He said, he said certain fish, you have to use a... Um, a special machine, like mm. it has to be like an industrial sewing machine because it won't puncture. go through yeah, it. Yeah, it won't puncture the scale. That's what he said. It's crazy. My mom thought it was a snake skin when we first walked right. by because of the texture and the way they had mm. it on the thing, and then we realized it was fish. So I'm guessing y'all have eaten carp also, right? Uh, not me particularly. No. He may have, I don't but think I don't I have. Not me. I, I went fishing uh, in the Chafla, and I was up against some trees, and all of a sudden I looked next to me, and there's this giant, had to be... 30 pound fish and it took me a second to realize what I was looking at because there were like 10 of them it was a whole school of carp like giant nice Asian but James carp. makes fun of me because of the fish I grew up eating she eats mullet mullet that's fried but fried what the mullet hell? But that's you, trash fish see, where I'm from oh, come on even the coon that is trash fish where I'm from we use that to put in our crab traps yes he would throw the cast net and he'd get shrimp mm -hmm. and mullet this was in South Alabama okay was it east or west of the Mississippi River on the other side. So it's different. <laughs> other side. It was east. I don't the, know. The water is different east of the Mississippi. So and maybe not, that's why we did it over there. Like here, they're filter feeder. Look at yeah. Still bait. Yeah. And they are filtering cleaner mud I'm and just, water I'm over there. I'm going to tell you, no, that I, was I'm just my saying, favorite if, thing my I'm grandfather saying, would cook. If, if, yeah, well, if someone from Louisiana mm -hmm. tells you. They don't eat it. <laughs> you probably shouldn't yeah, if, be a, if, a, if a Thibodeau Landry says no. She, okay. she looked at you like you were eating. She really did. The, like the face that I just got was fabulous. Like when she found out she was eating cat at that Chinese restaurant. But it was, yeah, that was not a good one. I was unhappy. Face. She just put you into the same category okay, as that. Okay, but being east or west of the Mississippi does make sense, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, but still. still it's still big. <laughs> still. Well, look, in Florida, right? mullet's a delicacy yes. in that clear water over yeah, there. I've, I've seen, we I've were seen not stories far. out of Florida. We were real I mean, close to the Florida coast, like not far mm. at all. So I still, you still could have put it on a hook. And caught, you could have put it on a hook and caught a real fish. Do you know what these things smell like after they sit for a minute? Oh my god! Mm -hmm. So oh, and where I I'm live, scared. where I grew up fishing in Galveston mm. Bay, we used to have some people. I, I remember seeing them as a kid. They would catch mullet and cast net, gut mm -hmm. them, fillet them open, and lay them on the rocks and dry them, mm -hmm. and then eat them. That sounds yes. fucking horrible. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Horrible. No, just put it on a hook and catch the redfish and then eat the redfish. Absolutely. You could take little pieces of that. You cut that mullet up in little bitty chunks and throw that on the hook. You could definitely catch a nice big drum, big redfish. Yeah. Freshwater cats. You could, oh, man. Yeah, that's 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 the fish we use to catch other fish. That's, that's what I've always told her. I've always told her that. Yeah. All right, so go back to that stuff real quick. Uh, let's talk about some of the ways. So someone brings in a animal full of meat and all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. 
what is your process to, if they want an articulated skeleton, you need to get it clean. Okay, so the first thing I have to do is I have to skin it. So, of course, I have what I call an autopsy kit, and I carry it in my vehicle, believe it or not, because if I find some roadkill. You're ready road to skin kill, stuff whenever. If I find some roadkill and I need to, I need a piece of this part, I'm going to get that shit. <laughs> That's so, so fabulous. She's just on the side of the road skinning stuff. So, if I ever get pulled over. <laughs> That's the most Louisiana If thing. I ever get pulled over, I've got the bucket, the gloves, the tape. The autopsy kit. So they're going to think I'm fucking murdering people and it's going to be over with at that point. So I'm done. Anyway, so you skin it out completely. And once you skin it out, then you have to um, you have to fine tune it is what we call it. Fine tune it. Fine tune it, which means you got to go. You go between the ribs. You go, you know, throughout the bag, take all excess meat off off of it. it. Flesh it out completely. Then I take it and I give it to my domestic beetles. I put it in my beetle tank. I have I have four colonies of domestic beetles. Are you talking like horse trough size things of beetles or? Um, n- no. It's probably think of the largest Rubbermaid container they they make. Okay. Gotcha. I have like four colonies in there. These beetles are flea size. They tiny. Okay. Gotcha. So they're not like really big. Um, not a little bit bigger than a flea, but you know what I mean. You get the you get the point. So it's thousands in those tanks. Each one of those tanks. And you put, you put your animal in there. You give them their time to do what they need to do. Depending upon the size of the animal, it could take from, you know, six hours to 72 hours, just depending upon how big oh, it okay. is. Okay, so I was thinking, like, a week for some, like, for... No. I've done, I've done, like, an elk like that before, and it took about 10 days. Well, yeah, if but you got something big as elk. big as an elk, yeah, that may take time. But, I mean, for the size of most of the things that I work with, it normally takes between six hours to, to 72 to do it. And, um... Once we're done with that, you take it out of there. Then you, you know, you, you double and triple check and make sure they've gotten everything out of it, which 90% of the time you have no trouble with it. They normally clean it almost yep. completely. Take it from there. Then I put my bones into acetone, and I let everything sit in acetone to completely degrease them. Okay. Then I go from the acetone, wash them down, and then I go back into a, a 32% peroxide mixture. Do that. Take them out of there. That bleach them and make them nice and white at that point. Or? What that does is that takes that takes you know all the color in and brings it to a white. Um, if they have any you know dark spots or anything like that, discoloration on them, it'll normally bring it all white. So once I finish doing that, I have to wash that down. I have to let that all sit and completely dry. Once all of that completely dries, then I have to take and I have to articulate or do whatever I need to do. Put all the thing back together. Put the teeth back in. Reglue it. You know, and then I then like, shit, where'd that tooth go? Exactly. (laughs) Yes, yes. And then once you do that part, then you got to figure out. Well, if I'm going to articulate something, what I normally do is I get a game plan in my head as to whether or not I want to put it in a frame, whether I want to put it in a box, whether I want to put it on a driftwood. You know, whatever I'm going to do with it. So I have that in my mind to start with. And once I'm, you know, once I have my game plan going, then I start doing my articulation, and it goes hours and hours and hours and hours on end after that until it's done. Are you basically working on several projects at any given time? Every single day, I work on several projects. Now, this is your full-time job, yes or no? No. No, I'm actually in real estate. Nice. I do. I'm I'm a VP of sales for a real estate company in Louisiana, and what they do is they do all the search work for um, for homes. Gotcha. You know, so I, I do that as a regular job, and this is something that I do on the side, and this is something that's an outlet for me to have a good hobby. You know. What's your least favorite thing to articulate? My least favorite thing to articulate. Hmm. 
I haven't really found the least favorite. Oh, I just figured there was like an animal every time. You're like, oh god, I don't, I, I don't want to do this again. No, I do. I do a whole bunch of snakes. Um, turtles are are fun. They're they're a challenge. Um, you know, to do the the t total inside of the body. It's it's like a puzzle. If you if they fall apart completely and every single one of the the, the shells, I don't know if you realize how many actual little oh, yes, squares there yes, are in, in the top yeah, of them. The scoots and everything on, on a turtle—it's—it's it's crazy. So it takes forever to put all that back together. I love that. I love that you use the word fun and challenge in the same sentence. Like I can yeah. see the wheels in James's head turning because it's a puzzle, mm -hmm. and he—he he does that kind of so stuff too. Have, mm -hmm. have you done? I'm assuming you had an alligator snapper, a big alligator snapper. Absolutely, that's, I have several a, at home. That'd be an awesome one to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, because that, that shell be cool. alone is impressive. Yeah, I have—I so have so many. Alligator snapper shells and different alligator snappers in general at home. Um, that was one of my favorite yeah. skulls we had in the education department at the zoo. Well, it's mm -hmm. a cool skull because you can see where the muscles attach to it and mm -hmm. why it can chomp down with a thousand pounds per square inch. Yes. Take a finger. The pressure is insane. When um, before my daughter was born, we're talking twenty something years ago, we had a turtle that we named Big Nasty. He was 160 pounds. That's a lot of fucking turtle. That's a big-ass turtle. We used to ride him in the backyard. We would get on his shell, and literally, he would walk us through the Again, freaking yard. Again, the most coon-ass thing. <laughs> anyway, well, when my daughter was born, she used to, it was the cutest thing. She was probably about three years old when she finally realized what was in that big old tank outside and what, what we call Big Nasty. <laughs> So she would go outside and she would see her dad every now and then, you know, use the broomstick, you know, playing with it and it would chomp down on that broomstick and like with major pressure. Well, one day she's got, so she's going, Natty, Natty, Natty. She's hollering for the, the turtle, you know, she wants the turtle. Well, dad used to hold her and, and ride the turtle sometimes in the yard. Well, she tried to go and ride the turtle by herself. So in order for us to not have her missing, you know, any digits. <laughs> I decided that we were gonna get rid of Big Nasty, so we donated Big Nasty to a turtle, um, a turtle farm. So actually, believe it or not, this turtle's still alive and is bigger than ever now. So that's, I mean, it's great. I, I have so much respect for them. They, it's, they just, it's they're, a they're crazy great. Animal. They're great animals. It's one of really my favorites. So, all right, so I want to, this is, I want to run this by you. So when I worked at the zoo, I would always get uh, really <coughs> dumb wise tales. Uh, and the one about the turtle I always got when I, because I'd be going around feeding the turtles, people see me feeding the big alligator snapper turtles, and I have big long tongs. Mm -hmm. And I'd have them bite down on the tongs, and the guy goes, Well, you know that thing won't let go until it hears thunder. That, what? Yeah. Thunder. I was like, I was like, Really? Just keep standing there. Just, I'm going to have his tongs yeah, back in a second. It's, it's going to let go. It's definitely going to let go. I was like, I've never heard that one until I moved to Louisiana, so I was like, I didn't know thing. But again, there's another thing also, living in Louisiana for 14, 16 years, I don't know how long. Yeah. Uh, and people that don't live there don't understand that the entire state is not the same thing. No, 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 not, no. If you want to find Cajun food and coonasses and like what you think of you Louisiana, south of I-10. South of I-10. Uh, absolutely. You uh, cannot go north of absolutely. I-10. Absolutely. Well, people don't realize like northeast Louisiana is hilly it's, and forests. Yeah. And it's, it's Arkansas. It's yeah, almost it mountains. Is. I mean, it yeah. is. It and, and then New is. Orleans is not Louisiana. No, it's not. <laughs> no. no. New Orleans is New Orleans. Yes. That's a whole other country by itself. Yes. That, that little area is, is all its own. Yeah. If you want to get to uh, where if you're a northerner and you want to experience Louisiana but not really experience Louisiana, Lafayette. That's about as far south as you want to go. 
hit Lafayette. You can because you've K- got some parts. You can find Cajun are... food. And you can still understand people when they talk to you. Yeah, say, but you're gonna have other parts and other places where you're gonna mm. have to really focus on what they're saying. Uh, right. Uh, they've James and Katie have heard this before, but um, I used to work for a company in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and I would go out there a lot. Well, a couple of our installers were from Manshack. Oh God. And they would take <laughs> me to this bar called the Gator Den. In Manshack, and I couldn't understand a fucking word anybody was saying. Oh, they have some thick, thick, thick oh accents my, well, in there. Some of them aren't even speaking English. Right? I'm convinced. It's, it was like a cross between like Cajun French and English. Yeah. And you just, do you, like, I would understand, do you want? And I would just say yes, because whatever it was, was going to be good. <laughs> oh, that's like you get down, so I used to go fishing all the time, so I go down to like uh, south of home, like Point of Shan, or you go down to like Grand Isle. Point of Shan, huh? And you get down to those areas, and uh, those people are definitely from there. They are, they are, they are leather their, their skin is leather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And you can't understand what they're saying, but they are the nicest people. Oh yeah, yeah without they're a doubt. They're super yep. nice. You will yep. not go hungry down there, even no. if you're broke. No. Heck no. And people are gonna feed you. And you can be a stranger, and they're still gonna make sure that you've eaten. That's yep. right. It's That's beautiful. Right. That's right. It's, it's it's a weird place. I, I do miss I do miss parts of Louisiana. There are definitely parts of where I'm like, okay, yeah, it's it's kind of crappy there. But as a whole. I miss, like, the non-touristy parts. The only thing I wish they would change about Louisiana is the roads. I wish they would fix (laughs) the roads. They could get rid of them and it would be better. It's funny because it's like Texas preps you when you're on I-10 because that last like yeah, two last miles bit, before like, orange yeah. like yeah, before the state line right. it's like hey we're just getting you ready we're testing to make yeah. sure your car can make it through and then you yeah. mm-hmm. between there and Lake Charles and the highway's really nice yeah and then you get over to Lake Charles Bridge and it just goes to yeah, shit yeah it's just it's just shit from there I just, I just hate that Lake Charles is the first thing people see when they enter Louisiana because it is the one of the ugliest parts of Louisiana you can yeah. see well I can tell you this if you get on Highway 90 and you're heading back and you have a trailer with you with dead things in it and they're very fragile you're going to oh my god it, 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 it literally makes my skin crawl it's when I take get years off your life. When I get in the vehicle, I have to take a nap because I'm like, oh my god, all the shit that I built is gonna just break. It's just gonna be in pieces when I get to the damn place. Mm-hmm. I, I get so nervous just traveling down the roads. I would just wish they would fix them. It's terrible. The, the problem yeah. is that that is fixed. They yeah, did yeah fix that's them. just it. They put two patches and <laughs> and, and like 20 feet span right. down the road. Like, like, oh, that's Louisiana, just done. Wait, Louisiana we done. has fix that. Louisiana has quilted highways. It is just a whole patchwork oh quilt of roads. Well, uh, yeah. whoever's responsible for that also must be who runs road repairs in the city of Houston. Holy shit. That's, just, that's, <laughs> that's where they learned it from. They traveled. <laughs> but anyways, let's, uh, so if people want to see what you do or reach out to you, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you? We have an Instagram. Um, it's the, un- the Undertaker's fault. I don't even word. have an Instagram. Um you know, a lot of the skull community. I'm sure put the on here. The Undertaker's Vault, all one word. And um, people can reach out to us that way, or, you know, they can get our business card from here in Conroe and call us on the phone. That's true. What, what do you mean call? What is this call? People oh, do that, yeah, James. They people call the people I don't call on the a phone. goddamn person. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm actually working on getting a few a few things together, trying to build a site and uh, yeah, you know, cause get that going. When I made that sign with Blaze ordered mm-hmm. for for you guys for Christmas, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find your logo anywhere on the internet. Right. I had to just like look right. at the business card and right. make it. Like I said, you guys, this was a this was not my my main right. focus, but it's getting but it's been so doing much. Well, though, right? It's doing well and it's getting bigger. So I really need to step up my game a bit and get a website and change some things out and you know just expand a bit. It's awesome. And if anybody wants to reach out to her and have her do something like a pet. <laughs> Understand there's a time like it, yes. you can't give her a dead dog and be like, Hey, can I get that tomorrow? No, it's there's a waiting list. Um I have about um it's probably about a year before you can receive something from me right now because of how many things I have in the I think like hunters are probably used to that. 'Cause I'm always that's, amazed yeah, that's at how long a hunter has to me. wait to get mm-hmm. meat back. 
Well, not the right? meat. You get the meat back quick. It's the taxidermy. Yeah, the takes. taxidermy portion takes a while. And not to mention, you know, the process is not a simple, simple, fast thing. If you're giving me an animal that you want to, to memorialize, you got to realize there's grease in those bones, and uh-huh. acetone takes months. You have to leave it in acetone for months to get it out. Wow. Yep. So it's not a, it's not a quick turnaround. Huh. If it's an animal that's not greasy, it's a different situation. You know, you can work on with the peroxide, but there's no chance. No, oh, you're trying to do a pig. Yeah, that, no, absolutely not. You have to. Well, people don't realize it. too. The pig has a spot on the back of the head mm-hmm. that doesn't have an outlet, so you have to drill a hole to get that little bit of fat out. Otherwise, it will not. It just there's no way to get it. There's no crevice, no cavity, no nothing. You can pressure wash it out or whatever. Right. Right. Gross animals. Pigs. <laughs> but it's I impressive. bet you love pork chops though, don't you? He doesn't actually. Bacon. He, the only bacon. thing you like eat bacon. Is bacon. You like you like piggy then. Oh, if I, you I, eat bacon. All I know they're gross. But I still love bacon. I'm still, that's the, the only thing he eats. It's, a, it's an impressive skull though. I think whenever someone sees a wild boar skull, mm-hmm. that's when they realize, oh shit, this thing can kill you. Mm-hmm. And like the and javelina, the javelina I have on my shelf yes. over there. That that's a smaller version, but they still pretty dead. Robert's son shot a javelina last year, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, December. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a weird one too. Mm-hmm. I shot one. La- I cool shot though. one last year myself too. They look really cool. And they they're they're a rodent just like a nutria, and I love them. They're and dirty. guess what? They're delicious. Mm-hmm. Anything tastes good with rice and gravy. That's man. another one. When people see a javelina, they think pig. Yeah. All right, all this food talk, and we've nope. still got like two hours yeah, before dinner. I need now. to get back yeah, Where are we going tonight anyway? There's not a vendor dinner. Oh shit. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> just find a group. I'm going. I'm going to see the administrative section over here and find out why the hell we don't have a dinner. <laughs> That's not cool. So, Take the complaints to boss lady. Before we go. <laughs> Tammy, was this as bad as you thought it was going to be? Oh, no, it's See, not. I told you. I was, <laughs> told you. God, his ego is going to get and even look, bigger he told now. Me, he told me 20 minutes, and I managed to make it like 41 minutes. We're talking about food. We're talking about murder me when I get back over there. I know. All right. Uh, we'll be back with more interviews. Thank you, Tammy, for coming on. Yep, thank you. Goodbye. Bye. All right, we are back. At Herbs Conroe. Uh, I don't have a fun business name for this one. This one's just Hayden. Super cool person, that's I'm all. I make up for the no hey. business name with the fact that I'm awesome. Yeah. But right. it's funny because people say, hey. Although no, I don't Hayden. hear the bell this time around, so she's missing her other half. It's always like, hey, do you know Hayden? And everybody's like, yeah, it's the only Hayden everybody knows. That's, <laughs> Hayden. that's fair, actually. Okay. So you're not wrong. So Hayden Lears. They know Goose better than they know Hayden. That's mm-hmm. right. true. So Hayden does falconry, yes. which may be the most fucked up version of a hobby. <laughs> Didn't you just have this conversation with our daughter a it's, couple days it's ago? Just, it's always like, I really want to get into falconry. All right, here's what you're going to do. You're going to kidnap a bird from the wild. <laughs> Wait, you mean we don't breed them and like we can't buy one? Nope, you're going to take them straight you, out of the wild. We do breed them. You just can't have one of those when you first start. You're going to kidnap oh, them. Oh, really? And then they're going to be like, I didn't oh, know so that. I, can just, I just get whatever I want. Nope, there's a list of three. You can choose one of the three. Only if your sponsor lets you choose one of the three. You might only get to pick one. <laughs> oh. There might not be a it's choice. So your sponsor may be hobby. like, this is it. This if is you're going to work with me, this is what you got. Does choose Kestrel? Yes. That's so what that's I want. that's actually Kestrel. more like common now I think too because we're so urban you know years ago when falconry first started it was we had woods and you know now I'm driving an hour from my house to hunt if I'm lucky so now you can use a fast bird who can just like you just throw them out the car window it's fine on on private <laughs> Again, roads only up just, just throw your pet out the bird but, 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 but the thing is it's not your pet it's a deadly weapon 
Because it's not your pet. Because it may not be your pet forever. It's a murder it's, it, bird. It's called drive-by hawking. It's so it's, but it's a weird. So, that is not right, a real I'm, thing. You are playing with me right now. No. Look up car hawking. It's amazing. Um, so in Texas, it's only legal to do on private roads. I just want to, you know, stress right. that we only do it on private roads. I'm going to give my description of, of falconry, and then I want you to give the actual description so people can see that it's not that far off. Oh, my gosh. Okay. okay. So someone wants to get into falconry. They find somebody who does falconry, right? They go through all the help of the mountain learning, and then they have to kidnap their first bird from the wild. <laughs> then they have to basically cause this bird to go through, uh, what is it? What is the syndrome where? Uh, Stockholm Syndrome? Stockholm Syndrome. Okay. You basically cause this bird to go through Stockholm Syndrome, but this bird <laughs> thinks it has to trust you. It needs you, even though this bird literally could just fucking leave at any moment. <laughs> and so he now thinks he needs you, and you train this bird, and then eventually you can be like, you know what? I don't want this bird anymore. And then you just let this bird go, and now this bird <laughs> has to go back out in the wild after being captive for so long. You're like, so now what do I do now? Just go hunt for myself? <laughs> That is falconry. Okay, it's 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 not quite that. Um, that sounds really intense, <laughs> man. It is not that far off. It's not that far off, but oh my okay. Gosh. Could you imagine, don't agree with could him. You imagine if that was our hobby <laughs> for like any off. other animal-related hobby. Could you imagine like, all right, you want a snake? That's great. The only way you can do it is you can catch it. But I want a bow shooter. All right, well you're gonna have to get on a plane. You're, you're gonna have to fly to, to Brazil. You can't do that. You're gonna have to walk out into the jungle and capture your first one. But you're gonna have to make that boa like you. I mean, and then bring it home. I feel if you like we bowl, just had this conversation. All you have to do is drive to Florida. That is true. That is true. <laughs> and make that bowl like. All right. So if someone wants to get into falconry, what okay. what is the process? Even what do though, you even Google though, even though I to get into it this perfectly? So I can't stress enough that contacting your state club, which I'm actually here with ours, which is the Texas Hawking Association, um, contacting them, getting in touch with their apprentice coordinator is the very best thing you can do outside of going to meets, reading books. And making sure that you know what you're talking about when you do approach people who can sponsor you. Um, it's a two-year apprenticeship. Uh, you do have to kidnap your first bird. That is that is true. Um, and, and then you a, do a, have and, to train it. And, and it's not a hobby. You can just be like, I'm going to go get into this hobby by myself. No, there is no... It is a community of people who have practiced an art for years and years. You're just like playing <laughs> drums on the, the table. table. My bad. Um, I used to do the same thing. It's my yeah. ADHD. This, like, is, this is why I am like a foot away from the table in this chair because otherwise I will tap. I'm just going to touch my knees so that I'm like, there you go. I really, I honestly <laughs> thought you were going to say I'm just going to touch myself and then I was going to say this is a different kind of podcast. <laughs> you, they were like, you can cuss, but you can't say that. Oh my you Lord. You can't say you're going to play with yourself on the podcast. That's, oh my God, James. No, I, I, we're I already kidnapping. We're your, kidnapping birds. All right, so back, back to the, okay, you found someone. They, uh, they're your sponsor. They're your sponsor. How so long you do train? To, how long do you have to train with them? How many hours? or what You do you have do? two years under two them. Two years, okay. Um, Dang. And they have to sign off before you're legally allowed to upgrade. So you have to hope that they're not a dick also. Uh, yes. So you and could like, go a year with people... somebody and they could be a dick, but fuck, I just wasted a year. And then you have 30 days to find a new sponsor. Does it roll over? Does the time roll over? Yeah. Okay, okay. No, wait, well... So yes, I, the time any, rolls over as so long as you find a new sponsor 30. in 30 days. Okay, okay, well, that's not so. And, you know, there's other circumstances, too, and I, like, I won't bring up too much of the details, but there were a group of people whose sponsor actually passed away. I was thinking and about There's things like died, that. Yeah. And usually, you know, if you're a good falconer, you have a good head on your shoulders, you have a bird that you're hunting, um, there's always somebody who knows somebody who will take you on. It's a really tight-knit group of people. There's not a whole lot of, like, misfit falconers. We all kind of talk to each other. Yeah. We all kind of know we exist. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago that guy kept posting in the falconing group begging people to 
take oh. him and y'all are like, dude, this is not how you go about it. This is, yeah, no, it's... Um, <laughs> and they would try to explain it to him, then a week later he'd be posting the same thing. And then he'd like, okay, so this particular guy, he was like randomly texting me. I'm like, how, who are you? How did you get my phone number? Right. Just um, fell. And they're like, oh, uh, I don't know how this person got your phone number. And there are like weird situations. Don't do that. Don't creep people out. Right. <laughs> um, so anyways, you kidnap your bird, you train it. It usually, depending, so I trapped a red tail. That's my only bird. Like, so this the list, there's three birds, right? It could be a red tail, a kestrel, or a broad shoulder? Uh, so red tail, a Harris hawk, Harris or a kestrel. Hawk. But right. the thing is, that's not federal regulation. So technically in Texas, there's a ton of birds you can trap as a princess falconer. But a good sponsor isn't going to set you up for failure. They're going to make sure that you have game for what you're trapping. Gotcha. They're going to make sure you're trapping a bird that you're capable of dealing with and training. Um and that you're, you know, set up for success in your first years and that you're learning um, really how to be a falconer. You do not want a high-strung bird that, like, wants to, you know, throw itself off of stuff. And, yeah, so know. it's like when you buy a reptile for the first time, you don't want to buy the most difficult, complicated reptile like a rainbow boa for your first it, It's snake. very similar, and it's also <laughs> kind of... I like to compare it to venomous, and I, I tell this to people all the time, I did venomous snakes before I did falconry, and I found a mentor, and that really taught me how important it was to have somebody who you could go to when something goes wrong, yeah. or when you're like, oh, what do I do? Um, I mean, I can't even tell you, I'm as a first-year general, and I'm now like, I still call my sponsor, I'm like, oh, fuck. I did this. My bird's going to die. Like, what's happening? And she's like, okay, calm down. Don't panic. You have Your bird has, like, a cut on its foot. It catches squirrels. It's going to have a cut on its foot. Like, that's normal. It's fine. And I'm like, but what if? And, and it's good to have somebody to reel you back in and be like, okay, I've dealt with this. So I can tell you, like, it's not going to keel over. You're fine. Um, but, yeah, so typically... Kestrel, Harris Hawk, Red Tail. Gotcha. You, for your Red Tailed Hawks, and that's what I can speak on personally, it's about a four-week training process before they're free-flying. It took... Before you've brainwashed them. It's not brainwashing. Because they definitely can still fly off at this point. That is the whole thing that really gets me, like... Yeah, somebody lost one in Alvin a few months ago. Yeah, with the uh, strap, like, with the... the Jessup's and everything. But that's what kills me with the whole thing, is, like, you get this bird... And he totally can leave at any time that you're out flying. You're like, All and right. he chooses like, not to. I can go hunt this squirrel. Oh shit! There he goes. He's gone. Now he's just gone. And still, like you know, three years. I've had goose for three years, and still, I'm like, ooh, okay, don't leave. Um, and <laughs> don't, he doesn't. Don't forget you love me. <laughs> and you know the thing. The funny thing I think is that a bird that is well flown and is hunted frequently and is not, you know, desperate to get out are usually the birds that don't fly off. It's the birds that are trapped in their muse all the time, and somebody opens the door, and they're like, here's my chance for freedom, where people start having issues. And that's not to say it's the only way that stuff happens. Sometimes people, you know, (laughs) under-train or over-train, and their bird just kind of fucks off, and they're like, I'm going to go find my own. Sometimes you just have a special bird. (laughs) Sometimes they catch a copperhead and eat it like spaghetti. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sometimes they do do that. And sometimes you think... Oh no! I really hope I don't have to trade my bird off copperhead. Um, that has happened, and it is even worse when you're a snake lover and you're like, I didn't bring a snake hook, and I also think I've said don't free handle, um, but I'm pretty sure the things are going to go through this glove. So, yeah. And my bird, like, 
you make you make mistakes as an apprentice when you apprentice as anything. So did your bird come land back on you with the copperhead? No, thank God. It was a baby copperhead. Just imagine, he like, grabs it. Back, and then you're like, oh shit. <laughs> and, yeah, and he no, he flew up to a tree with it. So I couldn't even do anything. I just had to watch helplessly. I called him down, and I'm like, you know, paranoid. I'm checking his feet. I'm like, please, please, please. And then you please realize be they okay. do that in the wild. And you, yeah, I mean, and it's interesting because. Every, I know several people whose birds have caught venomous snakes. Copperheads aren't that uncommon. Water moccasins aren't that uncommon, especially where we live. And I know people whose birds have died from, oh, wow. uh, from cottonmouth bites. Oh, wow. But I have never met a bird that's died from a copperhead bite. Hmm. They have a different reaction um, to the venoms, I guess. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be as severe. So one thing, I, and this is, this is again, this is definitely from an outsider looking in on a hobby, but I do see the hobby, the falconry hobby, uh, as someone who's been in the reptile hobby for so long, so much better organized than we are. So it's funny because other countries, like there are definitely other countries that envy our, the program we have for falconry. And there's something to be said about having to be accepted into a group and to be respected um, as an apprentice and to work really hard to get what you want. It's not a, oh, I want a hawk, I'm going to go get a hawk. Well, it's also, it's not a, I'm going to get a hawk and I live in an apartment and I'm going to put it in a birdcage. Because yes. that, that, that is one thing I find very interesting about the falconry hobby is the caging. But, you know, we, we, are, we, we fight in the, in the reptile hobby about caging. But again, bird, predatory bird brain versus, well, python brain not functioning the same. So I will say, and I funny that you mentioned this because um, falconers are kind of having these talks now. Somebody in California, you know, had a, an incident in California that's requiring some regulations to po- potentially change. And it's a big argument, and this is also an argument with between um, education birds and falconry birds. Yeah. So falconry regulations for housing are actually less than um, education birds. And there's different rules and stuff that different groups have to follow. The problem is there's a lot of government overreach in the, yeah. that they think that the way that they want things done is the best way. Which is funny in a hobby that really seems to self-police itself much better than our hobby self-polices ourselves. That there's so many regulations. Yeah. And like the government still feels like, you know what, I know that y'all are self-policing yourself, but watch us make some laws about animals we know nothing about. Well, and you know what, I will say, like, there's they a lot of... They do that everything. They're... There's a lot of really well-trained biologists and things that do work with falconry groups to make sure that our regulations, you know, we kind of have our own version of USARC, um, which is, and in fact, one of our officers in our state club in Texas works with TPWD. That's so, cool. So, yeah, we, I mean, we have a very good relationship with them, but a big part of it is that we have a really strong history. You know, if you guys ever have time, look up... Um, Operation Falcon? Uh, when it feels like a Marvel movie. It does. It might be Operation Peregrine. You'd have to look it up. Like Captain and America, Operation Falcon? Some falconer is going to listen to me talking about this and be like, how do you not know? But to be honest with you, like, I'm telling that my person brain, to fuck off. My memory <laughs> is not that good. But it is important to know that, like, falconers did go through this kind of same thing that reptiles are going through right now where we ended up having to be well not having to be we were unjustly persecuted as falconers and we ended up with regulations that have now been good for falconry um 
in some ways. But there still is a lot of like, hey, this particular bird would do better if it lived inside and it never saw a muse and it was tethered. Or this particular bird does do really well free lofted in a muse. Not every bird is an individual just like snakes are individuals. And unfortunately, when you have legislation that dictates what you can do, it becomes a little bit more difficult. I think there's a lot of nuance with animals. Um, And that's something to definitely be considered. Well, I'm very grateful for the system that we have and the mentorship that we are required to have. I do hope that we leave room for nuance in the future. What are caging guidelines now as they sit for like for you? What, what size cage is goose? Because goose, if you picked up, goose is a red-tailed hawk. Goose is a red-tailed hawk. He's a, what we call an in-betweener, which is a big male. He's DNA sexed as a male. Um, but an in-betweener would be the small side of females and the big side of males. Yeah, it's just, they're opposite of snakes, right? Uh, like so yes, typically females are bigger. Um, that varies a little depending on the species you're talking about. But wait, wait, wait! Female snakes are bigger, or female mm. hawks are bigger? Hawks. It's the same as snakes. Female My hawks. bad. Same, same. Just, okay. Same, same, same. My bad. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Snakes. So females are bigger usually. So goose is a in what we call like a typical red tail sized muse, um, and it is an eight by eight by eight. And it was actually mine was prefabricated by Mike Dupoy. It's a chloroplast and aluminum, I think. And it's been really nice for three years. I've had to replace some of the chloroplast, but... The chloroplast is stuff they make, like, signs, like, you put in your yard. Yeah, so it's actually, like, on a metal, um, like, a metal frame. Yeah. So it, it holds up pretty well, and during the summer, that's what goose molten, that's what he stays in. Um, that's what I do, like jump ups and things like that to keep him exercised. And then he also gets like a perch in my house. So he's kind of a spoiled brat. It's like it rains. And if I don't go out to get him, I think he looks at me kind of funny. He's like, excuse me, <laughs> what do I need you for if you're going to leave me out in the rain? Like hilarious. He's a diva. It's bad. And, and I know, and I know this, so we talked about getting into the hobby. You have to kidnap your first bird, which again, don't kidnap birds without a license. Yes. Go to jail. Don't yeah. Do that. yeah, you don't even pick up a... The weird thing, Federal. don't even pick up a feather. Don't pick up a feather off the side of the road because technically that's illegal to have. Yeah, not to, we're not talking like state prison here. We're Your talking federal. like federal jail. So if you don't know about it, the Migratory Bird Act basically made it illegal to have anything from any protected migratory bird barring educational facilities, falconers, and rehabbers. Yes. Who all have permits and paper trails. A paper trail, yeah. So we all fill out paperwork specifically. If we trap a bird, we have 10 days to let the government know in Texas. Oh, wow. Um, How? I know people out there think, how do you trap a red tail hawk? So I'm not going to get, like, too careful because I don't want any, like, Billy Badasses trying to go capture a hawk. But it's You can uh, just tell us when we get off there. That's fine. (laughs) No, it's okay. So it's a metal trap. Um, We just put bait in it. And we actually so a, kind of... it's an accepted trap. There's a kind of an yeah, accepted so way to do it. Yeah, so there's two different kinds... Well, there's multiple kinds of traps for different kinds of birds. With red-tailed hawks, we use something called a belchatry. Um, and it's essentially a metal cage with a mouse in it. And we... It's covered in nooses. And they, we noose their legs, and then, you know, you got to go get them out of the nooses, and that's a that whole lot of fun. That sounds horrible. Um, it was... I trapped two birds before I trapped goose. Pico. And I only got injured once. So, you know, 
Do you think? I'm one for three. Just, just think about how crazy it is. Imagine what's going through that bird's brain as it's laying there, now noosed on the ground. As you come at it with leather gloves to, like, love me. And then at some point, you actually get this bird to trust you. It's like going into a BDSM club for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> That's, okay. So your first one that you trapped, was Pico first? So uh, we had trapped a um, adult female, but we didn't. So when she came down, she looked juvie. And she actually was an adult that just hadn't molted out all of her juvie feathers yet. So we let her go immediately because you cannot take adult birds from the wild ever. Gotcha. Um, okay. Unless you're a rehabber and like he comes in injured. Yeah. Right. Um, but so then, then at this, that point you're rehabbing it and re-releasing it. And that's a whole separate license. Correct. So you, like, I'm familiar with the rehabilitation because we have those in Louisiana that would work through the zoo. So if somebody would like bring an injured hawk to the zoo we knew who to call to come get it or something and like there's that. also it's funny because like there's a lot of discourse between rehabbers and falconers and i've always thought it was interesting because if we worked together and we should we should work together because falconers are amazing at getting birds hunting i mean we have so many tricks and tips that you know rehabbers don't necessarily always utilize yeah because you you don't take the wild tendencies out of the bird you you, you we, enhance the wild tendencies out of the correct. bird correct and so that's kind of where your version of falconry is off is that yes you do and you can release a wild trapped bird if it's an imprinted bird you cannot release it if it is a captive bred bird you cannot release it if it is a wild caught bird in its first year as a juvenile you can totally um, keep it uh, you can keep it for however long you want, but it is always releasable. Gotcha. And so you're, so you're basically enhancing its already natural powers and turning it into like a super hawk before you let and, it go. And, and learning super, how super, to work again, together Marvel as a character, team. Super hawk. And the funny thing is, like, we so we basically like when we're getting ready to release them, we feed them up really well. We stop interacting with them as much, and they revert back to being wild birds. Mm-hmm. And maybe hopefully they're a little bit more successful. That's, that's kind of cool, though. All right, so, again, backwards how you would think. You would normally think captive bred first and then do wild caught later, but it's wild caught first. But there are captive bred things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, knew, uh, I knew a guy that got, um, when we were in Louisiana, he had a, was it an eagle owl, which is a yes. weird-ass looking mm-hmm. bird uh, with a big old head. Um, and that was cool. So eagle owls and, like, please, okay, don't go out and get an eagle owl just because you can. But anybody can have an eagle owl. It's not a native bird. To have a native bird is a completely different ballgame because they are protected here. Um, but we do breed native birds. We breed Harris hawks. We breed peregrine falcons. We breed peregrine falcon hybrids. The peregrine falcons would be cool but cause, just because of how fast they go. They do. And th- this year, though, is a terrible year to have um, falcons because of HPAI. So is it the bird flu thing that went it's through? It's the bird flu, and it's killing tons of birds. It's 90% fatal to raptors. Oh, shit. Um, I mean, I've... So do all of y'all get worried now? Like, I don't want to take my bird out in public. I don't want to go to places I don't, where other birds are. I've definitely been more careful with my bird personally. We do catch squirrels, so I mean, don't have to be as... Goose, you know, he kind of got his butt kicked by a duck one time. <laughs> and um, he, ever since, has not wanted to hunt feathered creatures. So I'm kind of lucky in that regard, but I do know that a couple of people whose red tails have gone after, you know, the lone duck. And a it's one. a it, Well, it's not even necessarily a sick one, just maybe one that gets cut off or yeah. is not paying attention. And then it's like this horrible wait of like seven Ugh. days to see if it gets sick. God, that would suck. 
I, I'm like, I have so much anxiety. At that point, I'd just be like, put me out. it just put me yeah. out of my misery. I still think the Gosh. coolest thing to hunt with, anything I've ever seen in a video, is golden eagles. Golden eagles hunting deer is the coolest possible Or wolves. Thing. Yeah. So we don't do a lot of that here. We do a lot of jackrabbits, um, which is, <laughs> to me, it's like, and I'm not saying it, that is a art in and of itself. Hunting with eagles is a different ballgame than hunting with red tails. But I think it's interesting because uh, the jackrabbits are like babies in comparison to like a deer yeah uh but i do think that it would be really cool to see that i don't i don't think we're allowed to hunt deer with an eagle here i'm not yeah, i've only ever seen like sure. european like stuff but yeah i've never seen it here which doesn't mean it's not being done that's, that's a big fucking bird that's, like, that's one of those ones where you have to have like a tripod or whatever for your arm because there's just oh yeah we it, call it, that the jack off arm and <laughs> eagle for eagle falconers they have the one so arm funny. um I mean, because you'd have to have insane strength. Don't get me wrong. They don't, okay. And that's another thing, a misconception people have of birds. They don't weigh as much as they look, right? So my bird, if you've ever seen it, if you're watching this and you've seen my bird, he's two pounds. Yeah, and he's a, he's a full-grown He's full-grown, and they're full-grown at like a year old, the hawks anyways. But hollow bones, and, and we had, so we had uh, um, Undertaker, the Undertaker's vault on earlier, and I told her, I always find, because she had a lot of bird skeletons there, I find bird skeletons to look stupid. They don't look the way... They look like they're missing bones. They don't look right. And if you've ever actually, because, and it's because they don't have any feathers, right? Like, if they don't have feathers, they look stupid. Yeah. Um, I mean, think about what macaws look like before they get their feathers, and then think about that would be what a, but, and, like, hawks are kind of cute because when they're babies, they have the, the little fluff. They're never naked. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, can you imagine a hawk naked, like an alopecia oh hawk? <laughs> so, a friend of ours posted on Facebook the other day, it's an artist that has taken birds, like blue jays, robins, songbirds. They have taken all, it's their illustrations. They've taken all the feathers off of what would be their butt, and they've <gasps> given them legs, oh, and it that. is freaking hilarious. I saw that, and it's funny because I sent it to our Texas Hawking Club president, <laughs> and I was like, I think this should be the next meat shirt. And he was like, no. You have to be family appropriate. And I was like, I am family appropriate, but maybe we could do a mini meet with those shirts. Like, <laughs> it was just, I was like, first of all, somebody did this. Second of all, who even thought? Somebody but, thought of that, To yeah. do this. Like, and but then it was spent funny. hours and hours drawing bird but, butts. Bird butts. I love that. It was so, hilarious. So if you're out there, I want to be your friend. <laughs> yes. So again, going with the weight, again, that's a full-grown hawk weighing two pounds. So a full-grown eagle, although it may look eight like to, it weighs eight 40 to pounds, pounds. Eight to 15 pounds-ish. Oh, I didn't realize that guy. It up as high as 15. I and I'm going based off of weights that I've obviously seen people post, and I've seen like eight, 15, five. It just depends on the because oh. I think here in the U.S. we don't understand how large a golden eagle is. I, oh, 100. percent I agree okay, with that. Okay, to be honest with you, I didn't understand how big a golden eagle was outside of like television shows until I saw one at a meet being flown on jackrabbits. I didn't actually get to see it hunt, unfortunately, but I saw it. Uh, the guy that owns it, his name's Chase. He has Marshall's Eagle, too. Oh, that's cool. And we went up to the weathering yard to see the birds, and I was like, holy crap. It's, that's goose times four. Yeah, it's a, like, or like if you've ever seen a harpy eagle in person. I have not seen a harpy eagle. So cool. Harpy eagles are fucking amazing in person. But I, I wouldn't. So there's several videos. Okay, for anybody listening. To get your, go find a video of a, of a golden eagle hunting. Don't find the stupid one where a golden eagle picks a kid up out of a park that's completely CGI and not real and it floated around and everybody thought it was real. Don't do that. Find go. me on Facebook. I'll send you some videos of really cool. Look up Lauren. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Lauren McGow. She's an eagle falconer. Um, I think her Instagram is like eagle falconer. 
Huh. The other video you need to look for is Harpy Eagle Sloth. The Harpy Eagle. Because there are oh, videos man. of Harpy Eagles flying in, turning sideways in the middle of the rainforest on a tree, and yanking a full-grown sloth off the side of the tree and then continuing flying and never stop. It's like, that's, crazy. That's insane strength. And you know, the thing is, like, and I was talking to uh, Ornate Hawk Eagle. So they're jungle hunters. They hunt, like, a lot of monkeys and stuff like that. But they hunt above the canopy. And I was like, so you can actually get them here in the States. They're just really expensive. Like, my heart wants one when my bank account says no kind of a thing. <laughs> but I was like, how Isn't cool that would it be? everything in the Repsol hobby, too? Yeah. But I'm like, how cool would it be if you could get an ornate hawk eagle flying above the woods going down on squirrels? Yeah. But I'm like, that's just, like, overpowered. But, like, how awesome would it be? Does anybody ever do scavengers? So I, I made this joke once, too, because I love to harass our club president. He's, like, one of my favorite people, and we just have that kind of a relationship. And I told him that I was going to get a vulture to hunt bones. I don't think it's ever been done. I think that we can do it. I would have to look at um, regulations, but I think you can technically have one. Just imagine if they weren't protected and you could have Andy and condors. I've worked with them. That's a huge fucking bird. Like, Golden Eagle's big. But if you ever stand next to an Andean condor, it's, it's like standing next to a small person. They're hands down one of my favorite birds of prey. I just honestly, I love reptiles. My heart will always be with them. I downsized a lot to do um, falconry. And I thought reptiles were dinosaurs, but there is nothing as crazy as seeing a hawk stick its tongue out at you and realizing <laughs> birds are really dinosaurs. Like, if oh, yeah, you've ever are. seen one walk on the ground, like and a little Tyrannosaurus well, Rex. Like, scientifically, they are. Like, the birds. That's why everybody looks, I always see people look at alligators. Alligators are dinosaurs. No. No. Alligators are reptiles and they're alligators. You're, the chicken you ate for dinner was a dinosaur. Like, that's the closest you're getting to T-Rex right there. That is... It's crazy. And I, you know, that's just a big thing is, like, a lot of falconers, we, you know, it's not that we don't love the birds and we don't want to do educational events, but it's a lot to hunt your bird, especially this time of the year, and do education. And I was talking to somebody this morning, and I was like, but you know what? I want to make kids love raptors because they will protect them. Yeah. Oh, 100%. When I'm, when I'm gone, there will be kids that saw a goose today and will say, you know what? I want to protect that bird. I understand that bird. I understand what it was doing when it accidentally took my chicken. Or I understand, you know, why it landed in my yard and was hobbling around and I'm going to call a rehabber. And they will care. And that is the future of any hobby. I can tell you the population of hawks around Manville and Pearland is healthy. Because <laughs> if you drive down any road and look on a power line, you'll see five. Just like I have a few. Four, and, four. and I don't... I don't I've told our child this before. I don't know if they're like territorial, so they're that one bird is going to live area. in that one yeah. space. But I'm, I'm like, all right, there's our buddy. Like, you know, we we see what I'm assuming is the same hawk every day in the same oh, spot yeah. on the way to school. So it um, depends on the species, and some of them are like they do have territories where they build nests and they lay. That's cool. And, or and you know that's the territory that they'll spend their entire life in. Wow. Um, in fact, we just listened to a speaker, Brian Millsap, uh, who was a he's a raptor biologist, who was doing a study on Cooper's hawks in New Mexico, and he was showing us a map of 
all of these male birds who stay in these little tiny bubbles of space and the females that will fly miles and miles and miles to find the right male to mate with. And then sometimes they'll stay with that mate their whole life. And it's just, it's very interesting. There's so much to love about birds. So are they also... There's so much to love about birds of prey. I don't don't like... uh, most birds. They annoy me. I don't like mockingbirds. I find birds mocking, of prey don't birds. scare me, though, like other birds mocking do. Mockingbirds are just assholes. Oh, all day long, all day long, my macaws hurt me worse oh, yeah, no, I, than my I don't mess with raptor. parrots or conures. I don't Mm-mm. like conures. They, don't, they I, and I try to tell people, I feel like raptors are more primitive than parrots. Parrots have a little bit more um, thought. More of a dick. <laughs> they are. They're, I mean, but, that's one way to put it. But I think it's because they have some, you know, they live in flocks and they Problem find solved. mates for life and they do all of these things that are a little bit more human in and in emotion. And raptors are kind of just like, oh, you're my uh, featherless flushing monkey. <laughs> Flush the squirrels and I'll catch one and you can cut it up and feed it to me. That's and hilarious. So they are totally using you. They're for an totally easy meal. using you. Well, I think I told the story on the podcast the other night, but I'm, when we worked at the zoo, we had a, a big female Andean condor. And uh, Katie did photography for, photography for our zoo. And she was in a, a big cage, but it wasn't enough for an Andean condor to fly. Like she could glide from one side to the other. And it's like, I really want to get a picture of her flying. I was like, let's try something. So it's I took one of my the, favorite pictures. I took the, the white top of a spray paint can. <laughs> And I would get get her to go up onto the perch, like she would she would fly up on the perch, like you'd go in there, she'd fly up, and then you toss it onto the ground, and she'll come soaring down to it. Aww. And then you come over and you can get away from her and she'd fly back up there. And we did it probably <laughs> five, six, seven times. Oh yeah. And there's a picture of her, of this Andean condor soaring at the camera. It's like she's playing That's fetch. So cool. Like it was hilarious. And then, and then because of breeding programs, they took her away and we got an asshole male who you could do shit with. <laughs> well, it's funny, like and in red-tailed hawks, there's like kind of a joke that the males tend to be nicer. Um, and the females are a little bit more aloof. And I have not had a female, so I can't speak to that. But my sponsor says she loves little male birds. And I, I mean, you've met Goose. He's weird. He's a weird bird. I tell people all the time. I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with him. I got him like this. Because we're no weird people. Policy. It's just, it's, we're weird people. You can't on, have a normal bird but it's if an you're not process. normal. Goose, three years ago, was, was living wild. in the wild. It was a wild bird. Flying around, not going near people. No. Hunting things in the wild, surviving on his own, and now he's like, "No, nah, now I live here," and and gets mad like about things like rain. Like you were living in the <laughs> wild, and I tell him all the time, "I'm like, do you realize how good you have it? <laughs> do you realize how good you have it?" It's hilarious. And he, I swear to God, I think he knows what I'm saying sometimes because I was talking to a guy today and. I said, oh, he's a little male. And then I meant, oh, I'm sorry, large male. And he gave me the nastiest look. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I don't know that you know what I'm talking about, but I feel like now you know what I'm talking about. This time of year, it's funny driving and seeing hawks on power lines because they always look so much bigger than they really are. Yeah. They're fluffed up because it's cold outside. So you go by and you see what looks like this massive hawk, and you're like, yeah, if it was warmer, it's like way skinnier. Well, I'm wearing like a really awesome like migration plane. So we get a lot of birds. We're like in a, like, the prime zone for trapping birds. Really? I see so many hawks where we live down there in Maple. It's crazy. Well, I'm trying to catch a kestrel right now. I've not seen a kestrel. I have seen, uh, I think twice now recently, I have seen caracaras. 
I see care cares all the time, and you know what? Care cares are low key scary. What we They're kind of not nice. <laughs> my, my daughter and I drove past the field the other day, and I, like I'm driving, I'm like, is that a bald eagle? It was on the ground. Obviously, it was white. The white head. And I was like, is that a bald? I was like, let's just turn around. So we turned around, and we parked on the side of the road, and it was like way off on the field, so we couldn't see. We had binoculars, but then, like, every now and then you can see a flash of what we thought was orange. Like, no, that's a care care on the ground out there. You know what we saw? So we were actually trapping yesterday for Kestrel. I'm not having very good luck. Like, let's not rub it in, but I'm not having very good luck. And we saw this bird, and it kind of had the right shape, and but it was turned around backwards. And we're looking in binoculars, like, far off. And it turns around, and there's this long, pointy beak. It's a killdeer. So, or I'm sorry, it was a kingfisher. Okay. I'm sorry, okay. kingfisher. Kingfish, that's, those are cool though. It was, and it was, it was very cool. And we actually had a shrike try to. Those psycho. But they tried, it tried to eat the mouse in my trap. So it couldn't get to the mouse. So I don't know if you know this. Shrikes have this weird thing. They're, they, they go like get like a lizard, right? They find a lizard and then they impale it on like a fence post. <laughs> Jesus. I already don't like, like birds. So I'm like, just going to throw that so like out if there. you're out like walking a fence line or anywhere and you find like lizards. I respect stuck on them spikes. in their space. You know, you have shrikes because they, they literally impale things. They're on. like little murder birds. Literally murder crazy. birds. So you mentioned kill deer. So we had them in Louisiana. They scream yeah. at you. And where my building at my school was located, it was all the way at the back of the campus. But we had gravel pathways that would go out to where like our garden egg. was. Yeah. And we had... we. We had one that we, I, every time we'd walk out to the garden, I'm like, where is the bird? I hear it. And I could hear it screaming at us. And so I was just, I told the kids, I'm like, just don't worry about it. You know, we'll be fine, whatever, da, 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 da. One of my kids finished with his job at the garden because we had a garden through the food bank. And they walked over to sit on the edge of the sidewalk to wait for us. It was the gravel pathway. And he goes, Miss Lewis. There's bird, like there's bird eggs over here, and I was like, no, those are rocks, baby. Those aren't. And he's like, no, these don't. And he didn't touch it. But he's he was like, like, I'm gonna eat them. Well, no, it was <laughs> the scrambled. kestrel's nest or the killdeer's Kill nest. Oh. And so uh, I then we went inside and we started doing some research. Apparently, that's where killdeer. Yeah. So every time we were walking over there. That was the bird saying, you are too close to my eggs. Well, that, you taught me something I didn't know. I mean, I do know it's like red shoulders. They're very territorial. In fact, one of my favorite goose stories is Goose thinks he's the big man on campus. He's like, I've got a human to protect me. That's hilarious. So he will go and mess with, and I mean like completely Red shoulders with. are a bigger hawk, right? No, they're smaller. They, smaller? they usually stay in like a pair group. So what do we, we around here we have red tails. Red shoulders. Do we have broad, isn't there a broad shoulder hawk? I think we have broad, I'm not sure. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know all of them. Um, we have kestrels, we have white-tailed hawks, we have... So are red tails the biggest we have around here? Yeah, red tails are the second biggest hawk in general. Behind? Um, behind the ferruginous hawk, which is kind of more biologically like an eagle, to my understanding. Gotcha. Um, and that, that's a big bird, but like it needs really open space. They're more like West Texas kind of birds. Hill country birds. Hill, yeah. <laughs> and they're big, they're big birds, but... Um, it's funny to me because Goose, I don't know if he just thinks he's bigger than he is or if he thinks he has a human or what his problem is, but he chases these red shoulders and I'm standing there and I'm calling him back to the glove and I'm like, stop messing with the red shoulders. My thing is, you know, Goosefer and he knows he's in trouble <laughs> when I call him that, I think. 
We call our dog Mildred when she's in trouble instead of yeah. Millie. They all have to have a like a full name. A like when your kids, name. yeah, you give your kids their first full name. name. Yeah, first name, yeah. middle name. That's how you know you're in trouble. So these, he finally hey, flies on. back. I gotta, I gotta pause for one second. Yes, I, I saw. I know y'all fucking saw that. I right? saw. I saw. There what was, was it? A, there was, was a girl that just walked out here in a backpack. It was the cat backpack. But she had her snake. She had a carpet I have one of those for my cat, and now I'm going to see if the hawk will fit in it. <laughs> Got to put a perch in there? No, I would get, like, so, like, I would get people really fired up. That would be a falconry community debacle. Oh, my Lord. Um, anyways, sorry so, about yeah. that. Okay, so, anyways, so Goose starts to fly back, and he, and I'm like, huh, he's flying really fast. And he lands on the glove. And this red shoulder's right behind oh, him. Jesus. And it all but, like, gets five inches from my face. That's, that's, like, when they, that's like when the kid runs home and gets on the porch, and then, the, oh, you can't mess with me now. I'm on the porch. Yeah. It's and so, so this red shoulder veers off, and I'm looking at Goose like, I swear to God, had you just gotten me scalped, I would have I would have killed, killed you, you myself. I would have come back <laughs> and killed you. And he, to this day, will chase red shoulders and then, like, land on my glove. But we, when we were trapping, we actually saw a little tiny kestrel. And you're talking about a 100-gram bird. Goose, for reference, he's a big male. He weighs, he flies at 900 grams. So literally a ninth yeah. of what this red tail weighs, at least. Um, and this little kestrel is dive-bombing a red tail, trying to get it to fly off. And it does. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the kestrel I want. And we couldn't get it to come down to a trap. It was so sad. So, so about weird, I go back to the Caracara. First time I saw one, I was, I was riding around with Robert looking for snakes. And I saw him like, it's like if a, if a hawk or an eagle were to fuck a parrot. <laughs> yeah, you get a yeah, you can see that. Because it, it doesn't look right. It doesn't, but it's it's such a cool, weird bird. Well, and I read right? that it's also like a scavenger, so it doesn't look like a scavenger. Yeah, but they will beat up hawks. Um, I want to get a drone, and I'm honestly afraid of flying my drone and having it attacked by a hawk. Because I know a, That's a thing, apparently. I, okay, so I would say, so one of the tools that we use to train, mostly falcons, most, um, is actually drones. <laughs> of course, so, it's y'all's fault. You're teaching them to attack well, drones. Well, so what you do is you attach, or my, okay, I've never used one, so this is just like my secondhand information. Um, somebody has like a like bait, like a dead mouse or something attached to the drone, then they fly the drone around. And it basically is like good exercise for the falcon. Um, and then they pull the bait, the falcon grabs the bait and pulls it down and the drone keeps flying and ideally doesn't make a crash landing. So here's my theory. My theory is that the falcons that are attacking drones are the re-released <laughs> and falcons. They and I they mean, think the drone has food. Just been Honestly, it could even be like a falconry bird. Like, who knows? <laughs> or it could be. They could be out hunting right, and so, it sees the drone. All right, I've enjoyed having hate none. I now need to find the other bird-related thing I want to talk to somebody about is pigeon racing. I, I actually know somebody who breeds pigeons. Oh, you are fixing to be but, his but favorite do they race person. Pigeons? I mean, he probably knows somebody who does. Because that whole process of, like, let me release my pigeon <laughs> and then hope it ends up, like, five cities away and not get eaten by a hawk on the way there. Well, you know pigeons are, like, one of the only domesticated species of bird. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to see. Uh, we used to have a. He has questions. They had pigeon he races. Has he questions. needs answers. He's had, about, you're about to have pigeons in your house. They had pigeon like races. The hell uh, you I'm, are. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Every time I fly, we drive around, we see, like, the brown and white pigeons. I don't like the gray ones. Every now and then you see like a brown and white pigeon with all the gray pigeons. I'm like, yeah, I want that pigeon. I mean, I guess technically it's honestly, a rock dove, but. when you stop somewhere like and you have your phone, you need to look up 
um, Tumblr or bare-eyed Tumblr pigeons, and they look really dumb. <laughs> and I want one. That was not where I thought she was going I with this at all. I want one so bad. They this look like Hey Hey the Rooster from Moana. Oh yeah, we're totally getting one. And I, yeah, I, I need want one, one in my life. Bad. Uh, Nick, Stacy, and Tyler, who own a zoo. And oh, let me let me look it up because you guys should all go there. No, that's not it. Uh, he. I'm trying to see if. No, that's not it. Hold on, hold on. I looked it up. I, I thought, funny. I like these pigeons. These giant crown pigeons. I. Yeah, now we're looking at. I like the crown pigeons too. Um, but I, I just. I so wanna, while you guys are looking up this so, weird looking pigeon, if people wanted to get it. in. What is it called? Oh, man. Budapest short face. It looks like yeah, it has Cheerios. It looks like it has Cheerios around its eyeballs. It does, and it looks dumb, and I love them. It straight up looks like it has a Cheerio stuck to around its eyeball. Nick Stacy and Tyler Thomas are who own the zoo, and it's called... <laughs> that, is, that is the dumbest looking bird. I'm trying. Right, it's called to look up Fragile Bo- Planet Wildlife, and they have them there. If you we want will to share a picture. We'll, we'll, share, we'll share a picture. When this goes out. When this goes out, we the will. Budapest pigeon. Yes. And That's the dumbest fucking You bird. need to share his video because it's amazing. And I saw the, his video, and I was like, oh, I need one. So if anybody out there listening, racist pigeons, please Reach out us. to us. Or if I, you know so anyone. Many, I have so many pigeon-related questions. He wants then, to get into pigeon racing. But I just, I just, like, you. Could you imagine if someone who races pigeons... They were having like a pigeon race on the same day as a falconry meet. No. I mean, honestly. In, in the path of a falconry meet. That we'll could be really good for some Sean Gray may know someone who races pigeons. Do you know someone who races pigeons? Pigeons. pigeons. He raises pigeons. Mike Tyson no, races. Like a, they leave here. I mean, okay. And they go to another There location. is a... Do you have connections with Mike Tyson that we can call him up to ask him they questions? They do have um, a pigeon <laughs> racing association. In Louisiana, there was one. Oh, yeah. But and, I never knew when it And had James is fascinated by this. Well, but, you just need to email them. They probably have a representative. But it's just like a. I'm our social media representative. So I've been I've been given the, the wrap it up symbol by Sean Gray. So. We did get we're because we're, we're all getting right. hungry. Well, but you know what? A, I will promise pigeon. that if we can set it up, I will come back and I will bring Goose for video. So what I'm hearing is Goose is coming to our house. So Belle will live in the crate while yeah, she's there. With her little dog. Well, our daughter has like a little maybe six pound dachshund chihuahua mix. Oh, no. Goose hates dogs, but he um, isn't like, I want to eat them. He's like, oh, shit. I don't want to be near that. That's hilarious. So you're good. James wouldn't mind if she got eaten. It would be fine. I mean, we could, we could train with... So what I'm what I'm feeling is that Hayden's going to come on for a full podcast yes. episode. We should. We should do that. Okay. And we're going to find a pigeon racing person to come on also at the same time. At the time. same time. I think that's great. <laughs> and we're going to talk about having just the, the worst possible meetup ever of pigeon races and a falconry meet at the same time. I mean, all or some falconry meets are pigeon races by default. <laughs> that's hilarious. Could you imagine that's how they just pick the fast, whichever pigeons survive the falconry meet get to go into the race? Well, falcons are kind of closely related to parrots. Or more closely related to parrots, so it's that makes sense. Yeah, they're like I met a friend's um, Shaheen falcon, and it was really a terrifying experience for me. I have like kind of flashbacks to that moment <laughs> where I was like, "Yeah, I'm a hawk girl. It's fine." So, if people wanted to reach out to you and ask you questions about this, how could they reach you? So, my Instagram is something to hawk about. 
<laughs> so freaking fabulous. And my email is something to hawk about at gmail.com. I, um, so I guess let's give them something to hawk about. And, <laughs> yeah. And then um, if you also want to reach out to us, Texas Hawking Association, any of our social media is a direct link to me usually. So That's awesome. Or yes. another falconer that's just as qualified, if not more so, to answer your questions. Yes. If you're interested in, in falconry, it's not as simple as just kidnapping a bird and throwing it in a cage in your house. Disclaimer, do not kidnap birds under James's advice. Dude, I, I never said kidnap birds without a mentor. <laughs> kidnap so, birds with a mentor. Kim, kidnap birds with I'm gonna, a mentor. I'm gonna, we're just going to go ahead and wrap He's going to kidnap some pigeons. He's got some stuff <laughs> to do. I'm totally getting a pigeon. He's homework tonight. Oh I want a pigeon. All right. Uh, we'll be back with more interviews. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for coming on, Hayden. Yes, thank you for having me. We will have Hayden over at the house, and everybody will get to see Goose at some point on camera. Yeah, and hopefully a kestrel. And and a, and a badass kestrel that attacks. Our podcast room is not that big. We can get video of car hawking. It's it's fine. It'll be so fun. He, he only weighs have, two I'm pounds. I'm having anxiety about that. He only weighs two. I mean, he's got big wings and he'll knock. I'll over, I'll sit on the other side of Robert and Hayden can have my spot in the there. corner. <laughs> I, birds freak me out, we'll, man. We'll put a hood on Goose. He might not like it, but we'll do it. It's fine. Oh god. All right. <laughs> Thank gone. you so much for having me. You're welcome. Goodbye. <laughs> All right, we are back on day two of Herbs Conroe. Uh, yesterday was a very busy day. At least people through the door-wise, it was a very busy day. Uh, yep. Sales were what they were. Uh, but I was surprised with the bad weather, how many people actually showed up yesterday. I think I'll be more surprised with today's bad weather. Because it's way people. worse today. It is nasty out there today. You know it's going to suck. Dry, Four o'clock. Up. <laughs> Load up. It's oh. Actually, it's starting to move quicker, uh, the storm at least. And so this, because the storm is moving quicker, we may actually have a break in the rain to load. That, that would be nice. That would be wonderful. Yes, that's, that's the whole uh, Yeah, it's not according to the Weather Channel. It's still 85 <laughs> to 90% chance of rain at oh, 4 o'clock. Oh, damn. We, that was also in your head along with those sounds that went away. And the, no. the biggest chance we have for severe weather is at 4 o'clock. Oh, good. Of course it is. But well, then it's going to stop raining at 6. Tornadoes will lift your cages and racks up and hopefully I might just sit here until 6 and then start loading. Trying to get to that loading dock is going to be impossible anyway. It'll be a nightmare. No. Uh, so, anyways, we're back. Today we're back with Bryce and Debbie Schofield of SMS Morphs. Uh, and it's, they're ball python people. And, and I know I badmouth ball pythons on this podcast all the time. I'm going to try my hardest not to. But they're not no, just th ball python people. No. they got also, a lot of really also, cool stuff, too. But they're also not the ball python people I don't like. This is true. <laughs> they're, they're, they're good people that sell ball pythons. They're not dude bro guys that sell ball pythons. <laughs> yeah. That's a fact. I have not seen Bryce walk around in a sleeveless shirt showing off his guns. Not that it doesn't, not saying it doesn't happen. Okay, now you are. <laughs> but uh, but y'all really, so y'all <coughs> do this full time? Yes. No. Well, well Debbie does. Bryce doesn't. He still works a full time job. That's got to suck. Debbie and the kids do. So, so Debbie works, and then you just show up on the weekends to sell snakes. I'm the chauffeur. Y'all have, hey, hey, have quite a nice vehicle for that, chauffeuring around, though. The, being the driver is a very important job. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah. You drive a mini, like, RV around. That that van is nice. I remember y'all got that, what, a couple years ago, right? And it was... Been about a year. Yeah, a year. We had another one before that, but this one was a little bit bigger. It's fancier. Do y'all ever, like, sleep in it? No. No? no. I would no. totally save some money and sleep in it. <laughs> got enough room, but we don't. No, I can hear everything else. It's just that particular microphone. Like, now this is way too loud. Can you hear me? Yeah. 
I, I think your ears are broken. But you can hear them fine? Yeah. Yeah. We, we're okay, having a conversation. It's just me then. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to leave if you're going to be ugly to me. It's not your birthday anymore. I don't have to be nice to you. <laughs> it's been 150 something episodes. Well, not with you, but I've been ugly to you the entire time. It works. <laughs> it's, it's our dynamic. It works great. Uh, so, y'all have really expanded. Y'all got a lot of stuff. So, you're not just ball python, <coughs> uh, which we'll get to. But the 3D printing, y'all have really, because that's kind of become a big thing you see at a lot of shows now, but y'all have really pushed that a lot. Um, so, explain that whole process. How many machines are you running? Because there's no way you're doing all that on one machine. We have four machines. It's just constant noise of 3D printers in your house. Yes. Huh. What, do you have them in the house or do you that have them at your very, facility? They're, they're at the house. house. That was a very, like, angry yes from Debbie. Yes. <laughs> there are four of them. I no longer have a kitchen table, and there's just machines. No, actually, they're blocking the fireplace. <laughs> it's good. It doesn't get they, cold they, enough for a fire. I say they put off the heat for the, from the fireplace. Yeah. yeah. The, I'm, I'm very interested because you have a lot of the articulated ones. Yes. Which, uh, I'm always interested in the ones that print themselves articulated. I think that is the coolest thing. Hey, all of those, all of that I do is articulated, prints out on the plate. See, that's cool. That's so crazy that it can print uh, like a chain link, yep. and not be stuck to itself. That's not entirely true because you do the dragons, and that prints in two different pieces that you have to put together, and the rattlesnakes you have to put together. Bryce, it's all coming just, tumbling just down. The, just the rattlesnakes, not the dragons. This is all built on a house of lies, Bryce. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> She just torn it all down. We've seen behind the curtain now. And that stuff has been been pretty good sellers for you guys, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. It has. I noticed other people are starting to copy you now, so I'm starting to see more and more people with 3D printed stuff all of a sudden. Well, uh, it's the best form of flattery. Sure. It happens a lot at <laughs> reptile shows. It does. I love that that is your outlook on that. <laughs> Thank you. That it's the best form of flattery. It's so was, anti-jaded, like I would be. <laughs> it's like when I used to sell the uh, little habitats, and no one was selling them. And then everyone sold little bioactive habitats all of a sudden. I was like, okay, then I'm done. I'm not done. I'm yeah. Done. I'm, I'm not going to keep doing this. Right. But, no, I, I, I think it's really neat. What, how long does a normal one of your, I guess again, it ranges all over the place, but how long does it take to print one of those things? Anyway, some of them are, are complex. Depends on what it is, but they range anywhere from an hour to probably the longest one I've done is probably... 48 hours. Holy shit. What was that? Uh, I printed out a skull. It's a skull with a spider on the head. That's awesome. About 48 hours. Wow. Once I finally got it to print right. I tried it about four <laughs> okay. times before so, it printed right. So it wasn't oh, a 48-hour print. It was a 48-hour print with mess-ups. Yes. Gonzo? No, no. There's a, a hobbit right now staring at us. <laughs> this with is tiny every time fingers. we record, guys. Every time we record. Yeah, he did it yesterday, too. I don't know if you saw him. Yeah. Are, do you have a Do you have a ring you need to throw into a hot thing of lava, or <laughs> live inside of a mountain? <sighs> oh. So, how how is this going? Full time business for you, Debbie, since you actually do all the work and Bryce just shows up to take all the credit. <laughs> he does help. Don't let him say that he does. <laughs> um, it's definitely kept us busy. How many breeding? Uh, I guess that's what females. How many breeding females do you have, or adult females do y'all have? Depends on what species you're referring to. Ball pythons. Ball pythons. That's because you also have... Probably 200. That's a lot of ball pythons. So 50 to 75 males? Not counting holdbacks? Right around in there, yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of poop. Yes. <laughs> and how many clusters did you guys make last year? Probably 50. 50 is that bad magic number when it becomes a full-time job, dealing it, with those it, babies. It takes a lot of 
I mean, a lot of babies. You figure 50 at an average of five eggs a clutch. That's that's a shit ton of mouths to have to feed. Yeah. Yes. Well, like our friend Kevin with KDF, you know, like three years ago he did 80 clutches, and then he's like, no, I'm only going to do 60 this year, and then they did 50 last year, and he's like, I'm doing 30 <laughs> this year, <laughs> more higher end stuff, and yeah. Yeah, but he has all the all the, all the and stuff. Yeah, he's got the whole care. rodent room, uh, rodent facility. Are y'all are y'all breeding your own rodents? We do some, but not not near enough to what we need. See, that would take all the joy out of any of this for me if I had to do that. Like, rodents suck. I can't, I yes, can't do it. Do. <laughs> I can't do it. Like, I, I see where it comes in handy. Like, if you have something that will not go over to Frozen or yeah. you have tricky, you at least have that there. Like your Calabar? Yeah, that Calabar. He has a Calabar burrowing boa. boa that wouldn't eat, wouldn't eat, wouldn't eat. So we took a, a pinky uh, rat over there and he threw it at the beginning of the podcast. And I looked at her and I'm like, hey, look. <laughs> and it was wrapped around it and ate it. So, well, now I got to try to trick them to start eating frozen thaw. So I'm going to uh-huh. get another one and then put some like frozen thaw mice in there. Also, like, hey, see if you'll eat all of this at yep. the same time. Uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's a lot of mouths. I think it's always people get in, want to get into like the snake breeding business. I'm like, it sounds great until you physically have that many snakes. Yeah. And then it's a job. And if you don't actually like it, it's, there's no way you can do it properly. You definitely have to like what you're doing to, to do deal with that many reptiles. Yeah. That's, that's too much poop. Well, then you guys people. have crested geckos. Crested geckos. Which is even more work. Fat-tailed geckos, leopard geckos, and then we also have the chihuahuas, the Serenoras. Yep. Close so, enough. I don't know. I don't Sarah, know. Sarah Normus. Whatever you say, we'll believe it's you. The one okay. that is, there's one currently in the uh, free au- in the auction. Yes. The, yeah. the auction. And uh, leeches. Wow. We also have the Aerodactyloids. Oh. So you were like, oh, ball pythons are great, but you know what I want? I want want something I need to feed all the time. And then that poops all the time. And then they can jump out of a cage and fly (laughs) at my face. I've never seen a dumber animal than a crested gecko. We have one. (laughs) And I've never seen an animal that has no idea or concern for its life like a crested gecko. They will just jump out into space. Have you you messed with tortoises? Yeah. Muscle are dumb. They are yeah. pretty dumb. But they're at least trapped on the ground. They can't. We get the crest. They, but they have their own creative ways to kill themselves. That so. is true. That is true. They stab each other and flip each other over and run into brick walls and just keep kind of keep going. Yeah. Yes. They they uh they're special. <coughs> and, and I only ever my tortoises. And I only ever seem to be given males. If someone's like, I need to get rid of this this uh, this uh, sulcata, I'm like, okay, I'll take it. Yeah, it's a male. And so now I just have all males that just hate each other and they just go around chasing each other. Is that, but you always see like the videos online where like there's the tortoise on his back and the other ones are like hitting it, pushing it, and flips it over. You go, Look, they're friends. I'm like, no, that fucker's the one that put him on his back. Yeah. He's, he just, him, he's doing it again. He's flipping him over to do it again. That's, yeah. yeah no he's not trying to save them. <laughs> they are assholes. They are all assholes. Yep. But like with Crested, it's like, we'll hold it and it's on your hand and it could go anywhere. It could walk up your arm, but it's not going to. It's just going to lurk out into the distance where there's nothing and go, that's where I'm going to go, and just leap. Maya, it's a leap of faith, man. That's what it is. It's a, it's a true leap of faith. We they had, can teach us something. We had to have imported the dumbest ones. It's the only animal like, in my classroom that I will not get out for my kids to hold because I'm like, guys, you don't understand. This thing is going to choose one of you, and when it jumps on you, you're going to freak out. We're not, it's not. He is a look at only unless I am holding him. Sorry. <laughs> I just feel like we, we, so we imported so few of them at the beginning because one, we thought they were extinct. And then we, we had to just found the dumb ones. There's a whole group of smart ones that were hidden. And they're yeah. like, they're just the dumb ones. They went, oh, look at the, we can get these off the side of a tree. And then that's what we just kept breeding. Yep. And now they just jump out into space. 
and eat goo out of a cup. Yes. <laughs> but they sell like crazy. Yes, they do. Brittany Reed said she sold more in one day yesterday than she usually sells in like 10 shows. Really? Yeah. Wow. Also, on top of them being stupid, evolutionary, they lose their tail and it's gone. Forever. They're the only one. Like, everyone else in that group's like, no, we can regrow our tail. I, I don't know what's wrong with you. They like having the frog butt. Yeah. Like, it would be one thing if it wasn't useful, but like you've seen, they hold on to things with them. Like, it's a useful tail, and then they lose it, and like, no, we can't do that anymore. <laughs> now we're just going to jump out into space. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. They're just like, we're just trying to end our life. Stop trying to save us. <laughs> Leave us alone. I almost just gave you some Dr. Pepper, Bryce. <laughs> I walk outside and wash it off. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's a little still damp. You could do like me this morning at the hotel, um, out the side doors where they want you to take dogs out, except the hill's like probably a 40-degree angle. And I'm like... Okay, and I took about three steps. Feet came out from under me. I slid all the way down oh, into the no. mud hole at the bottom. I would have paid. Tracy was that. standing there with her dog, going, "Are you okay? I don't know." And uh, <laughs> Just then I had to like roll over to get up, so think, I got the other side muddy. Do you think that hotel has a camera on that side of the building? No, I looked. Oh, damn. <laughs> because I went in covered in mud, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, yeah, that spot y'all want us to walk dogs where your sign says to go is not safe." Yeah, it's also not mud. That's where they walk dogs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, God. I had just gotten out of the shower, so I had to go back in and take another shower and dig out some more clean clothes. And yeah, I was I had mud from my ankles to my waist on both sides. That I was not happy. Hilarious. I was not happy. So how many crested geckos do y'all own? Breeder crested geckos? Probably a hundred or so. It's a lot of legs. So many legs. <clears throat> it, it's a lot of food. Yeah. You, I always see the giant bags of like uh, of the like drop passion and, and all. And I'm like, who buys those giant bags? Now I know. I yep. have probably one of each flavor that we keep open at all times. Do you alternate? Well, we do alternate. Um, and when it's mixed up for feeding, it's literally a full blender and then some. Wow. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of goo and pudding cups. I go through a lot of cups, don't y'all? A lot of lids. Jeez. Luckily, we started 3, 3D printing our own. I'm about to say, I bet, Bryce, y'all make your own uh, hanger, so. That's I have pretty seen, cool. They do have a cool yes. hanger. It's got a little gecko on it. Oh. Yes. It's a cool little 3D to cut. But what, so that's not using the little tiny cups. What, what are y'all putting in there? Because that was a larger opening. We the, the, the larger cups. Yeah, I haven't seen the larger ones. But how, so when you house them, how many are crested are you housing in a, how do you house your crested? They're individual. They're all individual. Fuck, that's a lot. Yeah. So babies are kept in deli cups, and then the bigger ones have their own enclosures. That, that's a lot. Like, I, just, I like lizards. I like I, there's a lot of lizards I like. I just don't like the upkeep of lizards versus snakes. <laughs> like that is that has had to be a huge learning like difference between like all right today is snake day and then you're like oh now we gotta go to lizards. I guess, I, oh snakes you like today is snake day and then every day is lizard day. Yep. Well, luckily, Bryce does the baby snakes. Sean feeds the adult snakes. So you have a whole Brayden, herd of people too to help. Brayden does the geckos <clears throat> uh, or the crested geckos. I do the fat tails and leopards. And the tortoises. See, that's what you bred your own workforce. My mom used to say that about us. My mom used because I'm one of seven. Oh, wow. And my mom used to say the reason, my dad said he was going for his own baseball team. And my mom used to say that she just wanted free child labor. And she had tall kids so that we could reach stuff over her because she is only like five foot four. <laughs> she used to say she, right. that's why she had so many kids. Now, I'd rather do the geckos than the 200. 
guinea pigs that. Oh, I was yeah. going to ask when we were going to oh, yeah. talk about the guinea pigs. Has a bunch of guinea pigs. I forgot so. about those. Yeah. That's noisy as hell. Yes. I was going to say, this sounds like something we finally found that mom doesn't like very much. We, we so I love the guinea pigs. Don't get me wrong. I She's absolutely the loved them. Yeah, I'm kind of the reason that it's we It's a lot of urine there. and poop. It is. But the good thing is they eat their own poop. So <laughs> Not all of it. Not all, not all of it, but they do. They actually She's like, that's have all to we have feed them. We just diet. feed them their own poop. <laughs> we haven't fed a guinea pig in years. <laughs> I go through about 100 pounds of food every 10 to 14 days. Wow. Jesus. How many guinea pigs? A bunch. <laughs> I like how she could give us numbers on the reptiles. She's like, I don't I don't know. I, they I just don't. keep multiplying. She's like, I just put on my noise-canceling headphones and ignore <laughs> the fact that they exist. Wow. We, we bred guinea pigs for a little while, and we only had like three breeding females and a couple males. So and we bred guinea pigs until we had one we lost who them. had an abnormally large baby, a and large she died in childbirth. Fourth. And James was devastated. Was like, we're done. I'm not doing that. She anymore. was his favorite that we had. And like that was the day he was like, we're getting rid of everything. And like we I, literally rehomed like all I've, of our I've guinea pigs. I've lost some snakes due to like, sure. bad, bad baby situations. But yeah, no, the guinea pig, I was like, because originally they were bought as pets. And then I was like, well, we, we, I like this one too. And this one, we'll breed them. And then when she died, I was like, no, I'm not doing that again. We're, <laughs> oh, we were done. That process. He couldn't handle it. Y'all have any of the ridiculous ones with the long hair that you have to brush? She has all kinds of them. I have had long conversations with Becca about the guinea pigs that she has because they're fabulous. It is the cutest baby. Like, because they come out a Holy guinea fur. pig. Yes. Penelope's still super cute, and she's a year old no, now. No, it's not that, but like... Hey, I need to go help them. They're here to pick up their rat. Go for it. So I'll be but back. it's not like, like... So if you breed rats, they come out ugly. And sometimes they're And ugly. bald. And bald. <laughs> yes. And, and blind. And like, but like a guinea pig comes out... They're fully around, functional. Fully, 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 like, yeah. fully furred, eyes are open, ready to eat pellets. Yes. Yeah, like, so if you didn't know that, you'd be like, man, I missed them having babies two weeks well, you ago. Know, How did this happen? You do know why they're that way, though, right? They're that way because in South America, they're raised as cooey. That's what they that's call not, them that's there. That's not why they're that no, way. No, 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 no. But, like, but, but not that's, an evolution word. No, it's not. But that's <laughs> but that's one of the reasons they didn't, they why didn't they evolved are. evolved to be more functional as food no, items. stop. But that's one of the reasons why in South America they're ra- they raise guinea pigs like we raise chickens. Do you ever wonder how good a guinea pig might taste? No. I just wonder. <laughs> It's like, a delicacy in Peru. Of in, in parts of South America, they have guinea pig farms, just like we have chicken farms, and that's what they do. They raise, they call them cooey. Jeff Corwin did an entire oh, Food Network episode on this. Do you think capybara <laughs> tastes like guinea pigs? Oh. Because <clears throat> then you get way more meat from one capybara. No, sir. I mean, because they basically look like giant guinea pigs. I only know one person has a capybara, and that's Rick Tozer. You think he'll let us eat it? Sean Probably Gray not. has some, too. I guarantee that John has capybaras? Does he have no, cavies? Cav- cav- Just kidding. He has cavies. He has cavies. Cavies. Never mind. I was wrong. But you're not yeah. like cavies. No. no. Those are they look like like a rabbit fucked a hamster. Look like Master Splinter. <laughs> yeah. No, the agoutis look like Master Splinter. The agoutis look like Master Splinter, like giant rats. Those are. Uh, I'm sure Tron Trembrock probably has. Yeah, he, all he, of he the has if it's a mammal, he's got <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. If it's a weird ass mammal, he definitely has it. So the guinea pigs. Do you? Do you take care of them as well, or is that purely Becca's job to take care of guinea pigs? Actually, Sean and I do help a lot. Do you help clean, or do you just like, I'll play with them while you clean? Because that would be my deal. I'll be like, I'll play with them while you clean. No, we all clean. We all oh. feed. Hmm. No, that, that's work. That's a lot of work. And then, like, they're the worst thing if you're opening a chip bag. 
and they all start squealing. Yes, they're, they're, yes. they're like treat their food. What? So, like it's not for you. So in my classroom, we have a guinea pig, and Penelope, if the kids, certain zippers on the backpacks make a noise and she starts squeaking. It's the neediest animal you'll ever run into. It's funny because now the third... I don't know, dude. I have a little pug. He's pretty fucking needy. He's pretty fucking needy. That's true. (laughs) The third graders know. They're like, no, Penelope, there's no treats for you. You already had your treats today. It's so bad. I don't know. I think they're born with knowing what a bag sounds like and that it has food in it. That may be their evolutionary path they went on. They they know what plastic bags sound like. Because you can open it from the... We we used to have them in the back of our house and we'd open a bag from the kitchen on the other side of the house you're squeaking from the back of the house. I'm like, fuck it, it's not even your food. I, I dated a girl in high school who had one that just free roamed their house. Oh, hell no. Yeah, it wasn't the nicest house. But, yeah. <laughs> it could not be. You would be eating in, oh, no, I helped her dad move a couch one time. And I'm like, oh, here's where the guinea pig shits. Oh. Yeah, they were not the, wasn't the kind of girl I was ever going to marry. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> um, and, uh. Yeah, that thing you would like eat chips or whatever in a movie, and you'd feel something on your feet, and you look like when you're watching, you know, on the couch watching a movie with a blanket, and she'd open up a bag of chips, and the fucking thing would come running out, and it'd be underneath a blanket by your feet, and I'm like, what the hell is going on in here? Because they didn't tell me about it the first time. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> the rats in your house are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're really fuzzy. Penelope's <laughs> almost completely litter trained. You can literally almost, change. almost. Well, James, okay. James is too. They yeah. pick one corner. Well, yeah, yeah. and yeah. so she has her litter box. Um, she has her litter box, and she's almost. She's just at a year old now, and we've got her to where now she will use the litter box. There was box. a while there where it helps with it was cleaning her corner and the until smell. we moved the box there, and then it became shitting right outside the litter she box. She would. Well, and that was just it. Like it she knew where it was. She, was like, she I'm not gonna still do it. wanted to poop in the corner, but she literally would poop right next to it's the litter like box. It's almost like she stood in the litter box and just shit over the edge <laughs> on yes. the bed. But now, but now she poops in the litter box more than she doesn't. Oh, that's so, good. But they are so. We're working on it. I always tell people when, like when they go to a pet store to find like if they want to buy like a small mammal for a pet, guinea pigs are by far the best of all the options. Hamsters are mean, horrible. Yeah. I don't like rabbits very much for pets. Rabbits shit a ton and they get big. I mean, they, guinea pigs do too, but yeah, but they're I'm, smaller. They're not as. <coughs> and then, I don't think they are. And then mice, mice are no one should own mice. Those are nasty. That's weird. Any animal that pees every time it takes a step. Yes. That's what I'm saying. They're not nasty in the sense that, like, ugh, gross mice. It's If you've ever raised one, they smell horrible. Mm-hmm. Are y'all raising rats or mice for y'all stuff? Both. Oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are y'all doing soft furs also? Yes. yes. They'll just have a whole, like, menagerie. I love the soft it. furs because they don't smell. And oh, yes, they do. Mine don't. Not until you start cleaning them. Then they stink. Are those the ones where, yeah. like, if you put the wrong... When you break that loose in the bottom. Yeah. Are they the ones where if you put the wrong male in there, the whole group you of females... You put the wrong anything in there. Wrong anything in if, there. If, yeah, if you combine Those any new ones. Is that, is that when you're like, if your male dies, you're like, all right, well, this whole group gets You have out. to move them to a completely new environment and add them all at the same time. What we usually and do is we'll raise up one of the baby males. We'll raise up a male in there and just leave him in there and never take him out and put him with the grow outs and hope that the other male doesn't kill him or vice versa. That's it's usually crazy. how we do it. But, yeah. do you? I wonder if it's that way because we don't have the issue oh with God. rats. What is it? It is rain. coming down. Well, rats and mice, we've bred in captivity. Like, lab rat and mice. We bred them in captivity so long that that's yeah. not in them. But, like, soft furs are relatively newer in the hobby being bred on, on mass amounts. So maybe it's still very wild yeah. instincts. I mean, a lot or of people have. Or they're just mean as shit. Or yeah, just, mine are not. Or just um, but I bought my, my original breeders. I bought three colonies from a girl who was on, like, uh, Generation 25. 
Oh, wow. And she had selected uh, the one she could, if if she had a mama with babies, she had like a fake hand and she would reach in there and try and move the babies around. And if it bit it, as soon as those babies are growing up, that mama's gone. And she did that for like 25 generations and got, I can reach in now and grab a handful of babies out from under the mom and usually don't get bit. Yeah, I like that. Um, but those little freaking things bite for, they they bite for real. It's, yes, they do. They it's bite a, and don't let go. Yes. And they will charge you from one end of the cage See, to I've the never, other. I've never experienced that with mine. Okay, Especially so the pregnant ones. So we need to get you some from their collection and <laughs> let you enjoy that. But the, but the guinea pigs, as far as a pet, for as fun as a mammal, I think guinea pig is the best. Ours are always great. I found they will like uh, they'll start to nibble on you. And for the first few times, we're like, stop that. And then they would shit and piss on us. Like, oh, got it. You need to go to the bathroom. And so, so then when, after, when we'd have them out to play with, if when they start nibbling, then we're like, okay, and we'd put them back, and then we'd take them back out again after they went to the bathroom. I don't know. Guinea pigs are just cool animals. I like the ones with the curly, kinky hair that look like teddy bears. Yeah. Obsidians. Yeah, the obsidians. The obsidian. I thought the obsidian. What's the one with the ridiculous long hair, like drapes on the floor, like a... Uh, you can have your coronets, you can have your silkies, and Silky. you can have your Peruvians. The Peruvians have the longest hair. We had a Peruvian. I used to give him a bath and haircuts. No, we didn't. We no, didn't. just kidding. I had him in high school. Never mind. That was before you. I said we never had the I had a Afghan per- of guinea pigs. I did. That's exactly <laughs> what it was because his name was Hagrid, like from Harry Potter, and I would give him baths, and I would cut his hair for him. I did. All right, so you have to pick <laughs> one of the species you take care of to take care Like, that's... You'd rather take care of because it's easier or whatever. Which one is it? Because you got several to choose from. If you could only keep one thing and you had to get rid of everything else, I don't know that we could narrow it down. There's too many people Snakes. in the family, and each one wants their own thing. <laughs> Forget everybody else. You get to be greedy, and it's just you. Just me. All about you, Mama. Snakes are probably the easiest. They eat once a week. That's why I love them. <laughs> yep. Snakes. Bryce answered that super fast. He knew that's what he was going for. It. Bryce is like, it's not the guinea pig. <laughs> no. It's not the fucking guinea pig. Not the guinea pig or the tortoises. I just, I just, I, I feel like as a, as a dad, I, I can feel how that conversation went. It's like, all right, we're going to get guinea pigs and breed them. Bryce is like, no, but we're going to get them. No. And then they show up and like, that's Dude. exactly how kind it happened. Kind of like a small dog? Yeah. Shut up, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> kind, of like, kind of like a certain dog in my house. That almost caused us to get divorced. But we didn't, and you still love me. Not the dog. <laughs> Talk about things that shit around the house you know all the time. You know what? You know, you don't love the dog, but that dog will snuggle with you on the couch. The only reason I do that is because if she's on the floor, she's going to shit and piss somewhere. I'm holding Bullshit. her. Bullshit. Yes. If she's not down on the ground, she can't she run around and piss. She will come and look at you, and she'll sit on the floor and just look at him, and he's like, come on, and then she'll jump on the couch. It's 100% because I don't want her to go piss next to my bed, which is where she seems to want to go. <laughs> and you find it with your foot because you don't see it. Or like, yeah. I'll, like I get so it's funny because when the dog gets mad at Josephine, she will actually pee on Josephine's bed. Oh, jeez. Like she, like she will look at her on and pee. On that expensive mattress that we bought her kid. Yeah, that's, that's I've great. cleaned it so many times, it's ridiculous. But when she pees in our bedroom, it's always on his side of the bed, on the rug that is like, right next to I, his I'll bed. Get a, I'll get undressed there and I get to see my pajama pants are there next to the bed or something like a pair of jeans. Sure. She pees on his stuff. Pisses on the clothes. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I went to put oh, on she, wear those again. I went to put on pajama pants the other night and him. I was like, I was like, hey, do these smell like here? And she's like, I can't really smell that well. I was like, okay. And so I took a shower, I got out, and I picked them up, and then I finally found the wet spot. I was like, fuck, they do smell like urine. <laughs> uh, Rachel's cat, she's, as she's getting older, she's having a hard time with um, keeping her food down, and she pukes on my side of the bed. She'll be laying on Rachel's side of the bed get and get up and walk to my side, and, and I'm like, God damn it. Okay. <laughs> new sheets, new blanket. Do, do y'all have any dogs or cats in the house as well? We are down to one dog. What, what were you up to at one point? Five. Oh, fuck. 
That's a lot of dogs, too. Yep. Were a, they big, though, or little? I had an English Bulldog and three Rottweilers. Oh, oh, right. oh. They're not big at all. No. <laughs> Just so many On top That's of the so kids, fabulous. there's so many mouths to have to feed. Well, the sad thing is they all got old at the same time. Yeah, oh, that sucks. Oh, that's rough. Been there. That does suck. So now we have a miniature Australian Shepherd. And seven, I was going to say, I knew Becca had... And seven trillion guinea pigs. Yes. Squeaking, squawking guinea pigs. Yep. But Funny. are they selling well? Is she doing well? No. <laughs> all right, so if you're listening and you need a guinea some pig, they do. please reach out to SMS before they... Start eating them because that may <laughs> no, be. No, 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 no. We would never. There's so many mouths in the house, they're going to have to find food somehow. Now, do you guys live on property or in a neighborhood? In a a three bedroom apartment. Well, I've seen pictures. We, we have a facility now. Yeah, I knew that. It's, so. all, it's yeah. all in a three bedroom apartment. <laughs> right. <laughs> on, on the third floor. On the third floor. <laughs> right. <laughs> they sh- they, everybody shares one bedroom, and it's like the Waltons. Oh, God. Like Drew and Becca. That's a whole other story. That is true, like Drew and Becca. We went to the uh, learning zoo a couple of Mondays ago. And it's their house, and they have one room, that's a bedroom theirs. slash living room slash dining room slash everything that's theirs. Because when you walk in, there's like you're in the kitchen. You're in the living kitchen. room. Yeah. And the back bedroom would be another reptile room, and then you go out into the zoo, and you're like, this really tested your relationship because I'm telling you right now, we could not do that. We wouldn't have made it two days. No, yep. we couldn't do that either. They've done they've 18, 18 months. They that's said what they she said. There. What and are you talking about? We did do that. Bryce is like, not again. We wouldn't. <laughs> The only room in my house that did not have some sort of animal in it was my bathroom. Oh, no, no, no. This is like, this is the this only is that, room that they, is they theirs. They live in one room is the problem. Like That is that. Their kitchen is part of the thing. Because the kitchen is part of the thing. There's no like, let me leave dirty dishes in the sink. In the house and you was in, in the house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were in every room. The living room, the that's kitchen. What, that's everywhere. where we're at right I remember now. I, I asked um, Sean that one time, and I was like, we were talking about that, and I was like, yeah, the only room in my house that doesn't have an animal in it is my bedroom. And he's like, yeah, uh, nope, mine does too. There's a tegu in there. And uh, Bathrooms, I yeah. think, are our only safe room right we now. Have, so I don't, have, I don't have any animals in my bathroom. Yeah, I didn't count bathrooms, but yeah. Um, but we've got the really? Mexican black king snake lives in our bedroom because she's on my bookshelf. Just say every room. Yep. Except for Joe's room. We finally moved all the animals out of our daughter's room. Well, but Belle has a crate set up in there now, so the dog is in there. Fucking dog. Yep. <laughs> Because Belle sleeps in her crate at night. Yeah, because there's even animals in the podcast room. There's yep. animals in the... I wish that dog would take a long nap. In, in the, the game room. Game room. So Joe's bathroom doesn't have anything. My bathroom and the bathroom downstairs and the laundry room. Yeah, because even your closet has... Our closet yeah. is quarantine. quarantine room. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is that was quarantine room and then we got other animals. Like, shit, I'm not restarting quarantine. So now this room's a quarantine room. Oh, shit. All right, now this room's a quarantine Fuck, okay, now we're quarantine. And then when in. quarantine ends, stuff's not getting moved upstairs to the snake room. I gotta redo my snake room. Uh huh. I want my closet back. Get yeah. done. So, uh, anyway, are you good now? You that off your chest? I am. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, how long have you been doing this full time as business for you? We've been breeding for ten years. That's a lot of breeding. What has it been? Mostly ball pythons the entire time. Yes. That's how it started. Ugh. Now ask her what Sean's got started now. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. I don't even know what he has in that. He has hognose. He has king snakes. He has corn snakes. That's a lot of shit. He has ground boas. Who does? Sean. 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 He has a a couple of red tails. Um, We have savannah monitors. Oh, damn. We have tegus. (laughs) Yeah, you name it, it's probably in my house. Well, not my house, but... 
Yeah. Yeah, you get into colubrids. That's a lot more shit than ball pythons. Yes. And, like, and hog noses, yes. they smell bad when they go to the bathroom. Yeah, that's the first thing Not you smell when I was going to say the corn snakes, in my opinion, <clears throat> smell awful. I walked into my classroom and knew that Luna had gone to the bathroom as soon uh, as I walked in. I wonder my if it has to do with them because they process their food so much faster, so there's more proteins and things like that in it. That it's, definitely wet, it's definitely wetter than a boa. Yeah. Like when a boa or a ball python goes, it, it's wet at first, but it will dry pretty quick. Like corn snakes, it's wet enough for them to be able to smear stuff. Oh, yeah. Because my corns will definitely smear along the side of tubs and everything. But my boas, they've never smeared. I'm so glad humans don't do that. Hey, look, there's where I poop. Let me roll around <laughs> and then go rub it on this wall. No, you just here. roll down a hill and fall into <clears throat> the dog. Yeah, no. but, oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. All right, well, we, we got to let them get back to their table. because I, It wasn't really a roll, by the way. It was more of like a baseball slide. One leg tucked, <laughs> the other Safe. way out front. Yeah, hit the ground like, like this. <laughs> yeah. God, I wish there was a camera on I do, too. I would go back to that hotel I do, right too, because uh, I'm going to sue them, and I'd like it to be on video. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we gotta let you get back to your table, so because the kids are in charge, and that yes, that's scary. horrifying. That's scary. <laughs> it's horrifying. Because their price ran off somebody else's table by now. That is that is probably <laughs> true. When, when when so you when they come to the show, are you like you have to work? Do you pay them, or is it like you're my kid? And I give you a place to live, so fuck it, you you're, you're here. Um, Both. They get paid sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Depends on how good the show was. Yeah. And that how was. much is actually theirs? It's Sean walking over. Sean, your hair. I did not realize your hair was. Oh, okay. yeah. She got So now you have leopard hair and it's purple and green. It looks cool, though. It does not look cool. Don't lie to him. I kind of like it. A man that age should not have hair like that. <laughs> hey, James. Walking around hobbling like talking that. Talking in the microphone, man. Don't turn your head and talk. I'm talking in the microphone. Like this? You good? <laughs> Don't be an ass. Here we go. Hey, I, I do want to talk about something interesting that I saw that has nothing to do with reptiles. With half this conversation. <laughs> they, they, gave, uh, they gave out the uh, Cy Young Awards last night, and they misspelled valuable on most valuable player on no. both AL and NL. Look. There, these people have one job. Right there, you see val- V-A-L-U-B-L-E. Unacceptable. <laughs> I would keep it, too. I'd be like, nope. Yep. This is mine now. Well, yeah. you know, like when a coin has a misprint, it makes it more valuable. Yeah. So, Like, you're not fixing this shit. We're going to – every year when this time comes right. around, I'm going to bring it out. You're going to see this. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Let's All right. let him get back. Thank Thanks you for coming on and, and just uh, this conversation. Was that lightning? Yes, it, yes, was. it was. God bless I it. thought I blinked. I didn't realize. There it is. Ooh, and there's the thunder. Okay. That was interactive for our listeners. See, they uh, get to hear it. Be part of the shit show that is outside here right now. It's yeah, that hard now. but it's a decent crowd for a yeah. Sunday morning, for a Sunday. and for it to be storming. Yeah, I was actually surprised. I, I think I've done thirty dollars in sales today. I've cleaned snake shit today. That's the yeah. most I've done. So. And talked about it. And talked about it. <laughs> and guinea pigs, and we're gonna start raising those for food. No. Uh, you, we got plenty. We can send your way. <laughs> Bryce is like, you're not, but I'm. <laughs> start calling up. We got plenty. We can send your way. I will hook you up. <laughs> start our own new meat market and just buy. James, no. I'm oh, I know some places in Houston. I could sell every one of them like that. <laughs> Promise you. Uh, all right. If people want to reach out to you and, uh, and get guinea pigs so that Bryce will be happy and get some out of the house, or snakes, or 3D printed stuff, or lizards, how can they get a hold of y'all? You can. She's like, send don't, a, just don't. You can send me a message on Facebook, on Instagram. You can reach me on my cell at any time, call or text. It's SMM, SMS Morphs on everything. Uh, right? Yes. Okay. And then if you're going to, y'all be at Arlington next, right? So you may go into NARBC Arlington. Yes. Show. 
check them out and get. If, I don't know if this will be out before. I have no idea when this will go out. On a week where we're like, hey, we don't want to record. This is when this. Week of March fourteenth on my birthday. Because my Ooh, birthday and that's is spring on break. Your parents will be here. Well, I'm hoping to get this earlier and then record more later for that week as well. So, okay. Cause yeah, because your parents are here that weekend. I like taking weeks off. So this will probably go out in February. Yeah. may not be in time. But anyways. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so reach out. Get you a guinea pig so they can get out of the house. And then you can have one squeak when you open a bag of cheese. They're so sweet. All right. Thank you all for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.